So have you ever called the 45 seconds before your kids wake up a vacation? Well, then you need some me time. Take some time for yourself with Pepperidge Farm Milano cookies. So for me, one of my favorite me times is when the kids go down. Well, after it takes about a two-hour time for them to go down. But I go out to my screen and porch. I start the fire And I sit outside and I have my Milano cookie. It has chocolate in it, which just makes it so amazing. Um, And I sit down and I have my Milano cookie. Milano cookies are the perfect treat to savor during my me time. They have just the right amount of cookie and luxuriously rich chocolate. They're the type of treats you won't want to share. And trust me, I never share them. I actually hide them from the kids. So remember to save something for yourself with Pepperidge Farm Milano. Hi, I'm Oscar Ramirez, and I host The Daily Dive, a daily news podcast about the biggest stories of the day. You'll hear everything from stories about new tech and how it's changing our lives to the latest in politics and how new policies affect you and those around you. Right now, new cases of COVID-19 are spreading in the U.S., and we got you covered on the podcast. We'll tell you how the virus can and cannot spread and why washing your hands and not touching your face might be the best thing you can do. Listen to The Daily Dive podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What? Wind Down with Jana Kramer, iHeartRadio podcast. Seriously, how is it March 4th? What just happened? It scares me. That is insane. Chase is going to be like five, like oh. tomorrow. He looks like it. He's so ch- I love him. He's like a kid. He's so precious. He's, he is um, the happiest baby ever. Ever. I'm literally obsessed with The definition him. of a happy baby. So, babe, um, what are you munching on right now? What just happened? I just had a birthday. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Happy birthday, babe. It's my birthday week. So, what did you do? What did, what uh, what did you do for your birthday? Tell everybody. Well, my wonderful <laughs> wife <laughs> planned a trip to Vegas last weekend, mm-hmm. or my birthday weekend, and all thanks to Amy Sugarman, by the way. All thanks. Shout out to shout Amy out. Sugarman. Shout out to Amy that. Sugarman. And boys to men was like my bucket list <laughs> of people to meet. Yeah, so we were we went to Lionel Richie um, with Amy about a year or so ago, Meh, like eight, even. maybe eight months, a few months yeah. ago. Uh, okay, whatever. <laughs> months ago. My Two years ago, we went. Oh, I was like, it was in October. It's March, guys. I'm just I'm okay. still trying to figure that out. <laughs> I was pregnant. You were. Yeah, I was pregnant. Okay, yeah, yeah, so it wasn't a year ago, but no. So we all went, and so I said to him, I said, you know, who would be your bucket list person to meet? Musically. Musically. And he said, boys to men. Mm-hmm. So I've kind of postmarked that in my in my brain That's and said, ooh. And I was like, oh, birthday. It's a great birthday idea. That was so then I was like, Amy, got any hookups to boys to men? <laughs> Amy hooked it up. Which we do. They are the nicest guys. They so I've nice. actually hung out with them and we've done multiple <laughs> things with them. They are the ooh, nicest so guys. nice. But I surprised him with it and... Did you have fun? I had the best time. Like, I felt like a little kid. I was just sitting there the whole time with a smile on my Our face. Our videos were so funny. And Jan was like, even kept asking me, he's like, you having fun? I was like. <laughs> you know what I can't wait for? Speaking of boys to men. Yeah. They're doing, you know, CMT Crossroads. Oh, with who's doing? Brett Young. Oh, wow. It's like, that is oh, going to be That's going to be so cool. That's cool. They're, they just taped it. So, yeah. We need to get one of them on the show. Mar- I think March 27th, but I might be wrong. If we can get one of those. So, you know, you got to cross that off your list. Yeah, that right? was very cool of you. We should you. get a boy to men on the show. That would be, I mean. I would love that. <laughs> oh, oh Every, I've never seen Michael, him this peppy. Every Michael even got the, the $30, you know, right. the, the, the binder the, that has the picture of the three of guys. Of us meeting, like. 
It's like the essentially like the no. picture of you on the roller coaster oh, after yeah. the ride. It was like it was like that, but for the meet and greet. Yeah. Like they give you like two like three by fives for free, and they're like, "Well, you can pay like eighty dollars for this." I was like, "Yeah, honey, let's do it." I was like, "Get a credit card out, no question." I was like, "Michael, it's just the photo of them three. He's like, "No." I'm in the memory Gotta box. get it. Wait, you're not even in it? No, we're well, in it. We are oh. no, the, we're in it. on the one side, but the other side it's is like, just, just them. them. <laughs> it's like a full and my, the, like... the picture that Jana posted on Instagram, too, my face. She's thought I was like a five-year-old having ice cream for the first time. Yeah. So I was bad. like, this is amazing. And we were waiting in line to go up and meet him. And I was, I don't get nervous when I meet most people. But I he's your don't. bucket list person. But it's boys and men, so I was. Okay. And so I was like, how do I do this? I was like, you know. Any white person going up there and person. meeting them is like giving them a handshake. For all the brothers to dapping them up, I was like, "Come on, I gotta dap them up. I'm not just gonna go up there and give hey, them." I a don't know handshake. what dap means. I don't either. So, so. Like, like I gotta this, like this you know thing? the handshake into the hug. Okay. Like I wasn't Where gonna. Your thumb goes up and it's. Like, I wasn't gonna be like you know straight hand. Hey, how you doing, sir? <laughs> you like, you're going for that a how hug. a white person sounds. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had to give him some love. So, what's up, you fellas? did. He's straight up just. Hugged he them all. Grabbed them and, and hugged Brought them. Brought them in. So that's called a dap. They are the coolest guys. They, they are really so cool. Are, yeah. right? Bert, how old are you? 32. Oh, you're so young. I know. He's so young. Says he, the 28-year-old. Yeah, yeah, but still. I mean, I'm a cougar, so I mean, I'm living so it up over too. here. Um, who would be your bucket list person to meet? Um, to meet. Like, who would you get nervous Ew, about? I sound so gross. I mean, I've met... <laughs> I've met Taylor Swift and Shania Twain, and that was like really up. That was kind of that it. was up there. There's nobody else. No, there definitely are, but give I her think... something because she's a great friend. I know. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> she uh... might try to make this happen. <laughs> I just like to make people's dreams I know. come I'm... true. Think about it. One second. Who's yours, Mark? You guys. I don't, I'm go, we're going I'm around the jam. table the right thing here. Is, when you meet these people, I always feel like I don't. I won't know the right thing to say, exactly. and it's going to be awkward. But right. my two heroes of life are Bruce Springsteen and David Letterman. Uh, oh wow! When I was in high school, everyone else had like you know musicians or hot girls in their locker. I had David Letterman <laughs> magazine covers I inside my it. high school locker. That. But if I met him, it'd be so awful because I know he would hate meeting me. Because he's just a guy true. who hates meeting people. No. David? Yeah. Yeah. He's I saw him seems, directly. He seems surly, yeah. Oh. So I think you'd hate it. And so I would hate to bother him. And same right. with Springsteen. He's a nice guy, but what am I going to say that How every many, other fan has? Yeah. Right. It's your bucket list person. Those I think are the two you would guys. have a better experience with Bruce. I yeah. think probably right, yeah. yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. well, let's let's think. Uh, Amy, what about you? I know you meet famous people I every day. I that person that's like. I've met them all. I know. Everybody. But I mean, is there the one yes, person that I would just would make you? I would not like to meet her, but I would really enjoy having a lunch in Santa Barbara with Oprah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, that's yeah. cool. I have <laughs> spoken to her on the phone. But I have never met her in person. And I like, I don't mean to be this person, but she's like literally the queen. Like, I think she is so brilliant and amazing and kind and all these things. So I always just think Oprah. Easton? Um, He already met you, honey. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Janet Kramer. Yeah. (laughs) Blink 182. Really? No, 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 no. Oh my God. I literally feel really bad right now because Travis Barker is in that Blink 182. Yes. <laughs> oh God! He Why? Was feeling so, I mean, we was he here? Totally had Travis on <laughs> with Jana. And he was like, well, he, he stayed it. at my okay. house last I'll weekend. Do it for the next <laughs> Travis has like he just had his big like face um, right now. It looks like a sad puppy dog. Yeah, yeah. he had like yeah. a big thing. That will happen. Honestly, this is and Mark so basic. Hoppus is that the other one? Yes, oh yeah. Okay, that's probably gonna happen really soon. <laughs> um, all right, Lady Gaga. Lady I mean, Gaga. It's kind of be- okay. So for my whole life, it was Britney Spears, but. 
I have like a very bizarre story about that that already kind of happened. That was like my peak of life. You met Brittany? I went to dinner with her. What? what? It's a really weird thing. I mean, how nonchalant was that? <laughs> because I just, I just like, went to dinner with no, her. No, because I can't. She was totally annoying during dinner. No. And I like. How did you go to dinner with her? <sighs> so a couple of years ago, one of Ty's friends was dating her. Who? I can't remember his name. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Kevin Federline. It was like two or three years ago. Charlie Can you imagine Ebersol. Ty and Kevin Charlie Federline? Ebersol. No. No. That no. was really, I thought I had that. Yeah. And anyways, he basically was like, would you and like Sarah want to go to dinner with us? My parents were in town. I had dinner with my parents. I'm in the car and I'm like, mom, I don't know. Ty like wants me to go to dinner with like Britney Spears. My mom was like, where is he? We're dropping you off. Like, we don't matter. Like you're going. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. So we went to like some steakhouse in the Valley and she was so nice. Yeah. Like so nice. I couldn't breathe. I like was trying to be so... That was the first city I ever had. I wanted to be a backup dancer for her when I was little. Oh. No, like, it was whack. That's, That's cool. in my That's life that was like, this is not real life. She was so nice. She was. She's beyond nice. Normal. Yeah. Well, I met her manager, Larry Rudolph, on a plane. We were, I was sitting up. I think I don't know how someone, I must have been doing something, but I got up first class. And <laughs> I was sitting next to Larry Rudolph. Boom. I didn't know. I didn't know who he was, but we were just chatting about music and stuff, and he's said his name and I was like Larry Rudolph sounds God so that sounds so familiar and then we you know we got talking a little more I was digging a little bit more because I like to talk and he told me that he was Britney Spears's manager and we started talking about Britney and it's about how hard her life must be and he's like look out you know over the world right mm-hmm. now down there every single person down there probably knows who Britney Spears yeah. is and I was like wow that's so true it, and like I've obviously been places with like Wayne and like airports and I was like there was nothing like walking in and out of that restaurant with her like Ty and I were just like it was crazy but is that, that probably how now Taylor has oh I so know. she's now I'm the sure. Taylor of kind of this I, honestly, generation yeah I'm sure because it was like oh but it was a really nice dinner she was really nice they asked us to go play ping pong afterwards and Ty said no and I will literally never forgive him for it <laughs> She was like, do you guys want to come over to my house and play ping pong? Oh! Yeah. What? Ty's the worst. The worst. He's so boring. Why? Why did he say no? Because he was like, why did he... Honestly, I don't remember. How did you not like pull him by the ear? Yeah. Like, because, like a mom. To because I was like, I, you guys have never seen me the way I was at that dinner. But honestly, we like related. Like we talked about like, like she was like, oh my God, like what are you going to get? And I was like, I don't know, like the fried chicken. She's like, I love fried chicken. I was like, I do too. Like I'm from Texas. I'm from Louis. So we like kind of had that whole thing. Like the like Texas like Southern girl thing, but yeah, she was like, "Do you guys want to come over?" I cannot. Ty sucks. I literally, <laughs> I, I think we like actually probably on the mind. Sure, yes. I was really 100%. mad. Hundred percent. And like we know where like her house is, and now every time we drive by, it, I'm like, "Remember when like we, we, we could have played ping pong and then best friends?" And he was like, "You're so competitive. Like it would have gone weird." I was like, "I would have let her win. Like I don't even care. Like <laughs> it wouldn't have been weird. Like it I would have turned s- into a regular ping pong night at Brittany's right. house." Well, right. Then she came to his graduation party. <laughs> What? Whose graduation party? Ty's months later. It was very. It was a weird couple months. Oh. She like showed up at Ty's graduation party at his parents' house, and everyone was like, "So nice, <laughs> so nice." Well, her sister Jamie Lynn wrote, "I got the boy." No. So what? that's how crazy how is that? I never know that. Yeah. So Brittany, when 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 I got the boy was going for the number one on radio because it was number three. Britney Spears retweeted or like tweeted out saying, hey, country radio play. And I'll never forget. Remember when I came to her? I was like, yeah. oh, my God, Britney Spears. Yeah. Like, 
She knows my name. Yeah. You know, she she really knows who I am. She song from Jamie Lynn. What a good songwriter is she, she is. Singer, I've heard other songs songwriter. she's written. She wrote it with um, Connie Harrington, Tim Nichols, and Jamie Lynn wrote it. And so it was a song that Jamie Lynn never ended up cutting. And so when my old producer, Scott Hendricks, was with Tim Nichols, he's like, you know, I have a song that might work for Jana. It's about five years old. But it's such a great song, and I heard it, and it was, you know, I was always trying to write a song about my high school sweetheart, and he just never saw, like, it never. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so like, like, no song ever, you know, that I wrote never worked. But I got the boy when I heard it. I was like, that's that's the song. Yeah, it is a very like brilliantly written. It's so. I mean, Tim and Connie are insane, and then Jamie's. She's you know she's just as equally as talented, and you know I've I've I'm so thankful that she let me have that song. But yeah, I love that family. Yeah, but they're they're so nice. Yeah, they are a nice family. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. But yeah, so good story. Story. That's a great story. Yeah, but Lady Gaga. (laughs) But Lady Gaga. She's in Vegas, so let's go. And I told I I told Jana just to cross another one off my bucket list is Larry David. I would oh, yeah, love. If you just come to Brentwood, you'll yeah. just bump it. Like, that's the thing. I just want, not to meet, but have, like you said, Amy, like have a lunch. Yeah. Like I just want to have a lunch. Just come to the Because then I feel heart. like, Mark, I would, I would be able to have things to say. But when you have that in, like that one second interaction, there's nothing you can say. And that's going to annoy but, him. The one second interaction would annoy right. him. Yeah. But to have lunch. a conversation yeah. and just a bullshit about, not even ask some questions, just bullshit just about life about with uh-huh. the perfect person to bullshit about life right. with. right. The one who invented that, like that, would be What's the best show? thing ever. Curvy enthusiasm. They're always was filming in Berlin. Curvy enthusiasm. But it wasn't a Jerry Seinfeld. But he, yeah, he co-created yeah. like Seinfeld with Seinfeld. Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. Oh my God, this we're learning so much. <laughs> Who's yours? Mine. Yeah. Celine Dion. Oh. Okay, I'll go. We should be able to make that happen. But too. she canceled her uh, her her what's that thing called her, her residency. residency in Vegas. Oh, maybe God has to tour. Pardon me. She might be going on world tour. Oh, really? I'm gonna have to look it up, I but have she's to figure that out, she's she she's is, my she's uh, my number one. It's it's her and then J Lo, which, so, which okay. J- those are J-Lo, very J Lo can be done in a heartbeat. We've had J Lo 412 times. I just hate being around you. Ryan. Well, <laughs> all of these are in Vegas, so I think we should go back. J Lo's done in Vegas, oh, but that'll happen. She's done in Vegas. Jenny from the yeah, block. Yeah, she finished her residency. So yeah, those are yeah. That's a good. And one. then acting actor wise, I would love to. I'd actually love to sit down and have lunch with um, Julia Roberts. She'd oh, be my. She'd be, be my lunch person. Ooh, lunch when she came out at out. the Aussies, oh, she's just so classy. I love her. She's just beautiful. When we were at Pebble, we we got hooked on. Um, Pretty Woman was on that night, and Ty had never seen. And like we're like at the end, and Ty's like, "So wait, now like now they're in." Lo-. I was like, "Just go away. Like this is a classic, and I just need to say every word while I watch it." But I love her. Speaking of Ty, it's March. No biggie. <laughs> What's happening? Oh, Amy. Oh, no. I don't it's even not know. Good. I, don't I know. talked to him in Pebble Beach. I was going to say, Jim did. I to say that? I don't know. No, so you can listen? say that. You can say that, but I don't think say what, like, okay. you found out. All right. Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> we found out? Well, not that okay. she found out. You know Mark's going to be like, what Wait, did you find out? I have an idea. Mark, can you mute the mics for a second? So that Jana, so that the, all the mics are down. Jana can tell us what she found out, and then we can react to it oh but there then that's just not nice to the people you know you got to give the people what they want just, me and well, mike no, have to get I vulnerable all the they time i don't think it was anything crazy i'm just saying like maybe not like i'm trying to think of like what even happened Pull I'll just, let me know let me just say i went to the bathroom she went to the bathroom i forced her oh go, gosh, go to the bathroom guys, now I, I need to talk i had to 87 texts from her while i was in the bathroom and she's like go to the bathroom stay in the bathroom Stay in the bathroom. I'm like, I don't have, like, I'm coming back. She's like, stay. I'm like, what? I was just trying to get it out of him, long story short. He just doesn't have the urgency. 
He had yeah. something though, maybe. I don't know. So don't it's know. positive. Maybe. Well, no. It was nothing I didn't really already know, but I feel like she, for him, to, I don't know. He just doesn't have the urgency. He needs to get the urgency. Yeah. Is basically what it is. Yeah. But I you got know what? Some hateful emails that oh. I'm not supportive of what you want enough. You? Hateful. Like, how dare you, Amy? You need to support what Sarah wants. And I'm like, I'm just trying to have ties back. Like. Listen, people hate yeah, on they're me. Gonna hate they're going to hate on it. There's people yeah. just hate. But I'll tell you what you shouldn't hate on is being fit. All right. So getting fit and staying healthy always sounds easier said than done, right? Well, Open Fit is bringing you something new that makes it even easier to miss to never miss a sweat session. So basically, OpenFit is a super simple streaming service that allows you to work out from the comfort of your living room in as little as 10 minutes a day. So when people say, I don't have enough time, I don't have 30 minutes, I don't have an hour, you got 10 minutes, okay? Everyone's bodies are different. OpenFit gets that. That's why it's personalized to your needs with custom original content. So OpenFit classes are led by some of the most effective and engaging trainers in the world. Um, you can watch it on your TV, your tablet, smartphone, Roku, whatever. My favorite program actually is, is the 600 seconds with Devin Wiggins. It's 10 minutes. It burns fat. It builds muscle and it sculpts your body for free. So all you have to do right now is during the open fit 30 day challenge, my listeners get a special extended 30 day free trial membership to open fit where you can lose up to 15 pounds in 30 days. When you text Jana to 30, 30, 30, you will get full access to open fit all the workouts and nutrition information totally Free. Again, just text Jana to 303030. Okay, so I'm really excited because Michael and I have been kind of going back and forth on a few different diets. So I was super pumped when I found out that Heather Dubrow is in the studio and she just walked in. So, Heather! Hey! Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for Uh, coming in. Thank you so much for coming in. I we, We were talking about this. Well, once we knew that you were coming in, we obviously started doing the research on the Dubrow diet. And because we started doing uh, the whole 30. Uh huh. I changed it to wine thirty because I didn't want to give up my wine. Uh, and he we, create your own diet. We, we yeah, we created it a little bit. So what made you? I mean, basically create your own diet. I mean, right. it's your it's your last name. It's your right. It's so your diet. we didn't actually intend to write a book about this because mm-hmm. our last book was all about anti aging and whatnot. And we were talking about like you know what's next book. We were thinking about it, but what happened was about three and a half years ago, Terry started talking about fasting. And I was like, that's crazy. You fast. That's like, that's like skinny, tired people. That sounds very unhealthy. It sounds like people laying on a couch. And then we started talking about it and I realized I was doing it just in my regular life. Because he was like, well, what time did you stop eating last night? And what time did you start eating today? And so we started really talking about the science of it and delving into it and figuring out how to make it work. And then, you know, Terry being the science nerd that he is, started looking up this Nobel Prize winning um, concept of autophagy which is basically the Greek word for eating oneself. And we started working on this and came up with this idea that 16 hours seems to be the goal of not eating. But the thing is, is that we did it, we started doing it in a way that was really attainable and sustainable. And what we realized was not only are you going to get to your goal weight super fast, but you're going to have more energy than you ever had in your life. It makes your skin tighter, makes your hair grow. I mean, it, it has all these incredible anti-aging effects. 16 hours from when to when? Doesn't matter. <clears throat> okay, but time out. What if it was during the day, though? That's fine. But then you're working and then you're not, your body's not, so if, if you're not eating for 16 hours during the day, wouldn't you just pass out? Because well, you'd be so... no, but the smarter way to do it would be to have part of it being your sleep hours, Okay, clearly, because those are yeah. eight hours or 
for probably so that's uh, what you'd five hours where right. we're not we're right. not sleeping. So for sure you want to use your sleep hours yeah. and then add on the other side. But we give you three different tracks to make it work. So you could do a slow, medium, or fast. So it's 12, 14, or 16 hours. But clearly that 16-hour sweet spot is the way to go to get the best, best results. Okay. And you, then- you, to you, like I'm saying it to you and you think it's not doable, right? Well, I'm trying to think. So we wake up at, you go to bed, let's say we go What to time bed. are you done eating at night? We have dinner at 6.30. So you're done by 7? Seven. Seven? Seven, we're done eating. Okay. Yeah. So 12 hours is 7 a.m. Uh-huh. And then you add four more hours. Oh my gosh, but then you don't, isn't breakfast the most important meal? Sorry. No, it's, <laughs> it's not. not. It's absolutely not. And what happens is, and Terry's really good at, at explaining all the science behind it in the book, but it's about basically using your glycogen as storage. So you're you're using your fat and your sugars that are in your body already to as fuel, as opposed to the food that you're eating. Like we also believe in cardio fasting. So when I go to the gym in the morning, I haven't eaten. But what we do is Isn't we get. I see. I'm it, sorry. It's just so hard for me because my trainer is always like, "You have to eat before you work out." No, as a matter is of the fact, most important meal of the day. No, as a matter of fact, it's so much better to work out not having eaten. But during that non-feeding time, you can have up to 100 calories. So, if you're putting a little non-dairy creamer in your coffee, we give you lots of tips mm. to to get through this. Bone broth, bouillon, energy, uh, natural energy drinks like beet drinks and stuff like that. That's what I do. I have a beet drink in the morning. On an empty stomach. On an empty stomach. Doesn't make you go. No. Well, uh, by the way, going is good. That's true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all positive. Yeah. That's all plus. And then drop my kids off, go to the gym, come back, and I have my first meal at around two. Wow. See, I feel like that would just, I'd be so tired. I would lag. I would, I mean, I just feel like to me, to me that just, and again, I don't, I'm not the nutritionist. I don't, I don't know. I've just always gone off of what I've known and heard and been that's told. Why, that's why it sounds so counterintuitive. You think not eating equals tired. Yeah. But it really does. Think about this. Think about when people were hunting and gathering, okay? When they had to find food, they were starving, mm-hmm. right? So you get this burst of energy to go find the food. And then they eat, and then they're tired. Right. And then they relax. They're not snacking, you know, when they were hunting and gathering. They weren't stopping to, you know, have a handful of almonds, Two o'clock in the afternoon. They didn't do that. Right. They would not eat and then eat. I think as humans, we were meant to live like that, and our bodies actually react to that. So even though it sounds counterintuitive, the science is there and the practicality is there. And you'll see we have thousands of people now on the diet that are right. saying they've had more energy. That, like, I don't even drink coffee. So because of y'all's, like, scientific method behind all mm-hmm. of this, do you think y'all's diet is less subjective than maybe some others? Like, do you think this could affect and help a broader range of of an audience because of the science behind it absolutely i think this is good for almost i mean there's a little category like a brittle diabetic right who i wouldn't recommend this for but anyone else a hundred percent can do this diet and what's nice about it is it's sustainable because i truly believe that every diet works for a period of time but they're not sustainable you know that keto diet i I watched my assistant go on that keto diet and she was chugging oil in the car next to me it was so gross and very little takes you to get out of ketosis and get off that diet. So what we did was, like I was saying, we didn't really plan to write this, but we came up with this program for each other, and we started living this life. And my husband just turned 60. I just turned 50. Haven't had plastic surgery. You know, just all the non-surgical solutions to anti-aging. But notice how tight our skin was getting. And, you know, I wear a bikini now. At 30, I wouldn't 
post a picture in a bikini, but now I feel so much more confident because of what this way of eating and living has done for me. So people are like, how do you guys look like this? And we thought, all right, well, let's write it down. So that's literally how you guys did them. So yeah. there's no, so you're, so have you worked with a nutritionalist to, to kind of, um, how do you say that? Like back it up? What's, or? Y'all's, what's y'all's professional background, you and Terry? No, so Terry's a board certified general surgeon and plastic surgeon. Okay. So he has all the science. And of course, me being an actress, television personality, and huge consumer and professional dieter since gaining the freshman, you know, 40 or <laughs> whatever I overachieved in that subject. Um, you know, I've been on every diet on the planet. I've done Weight Watchers, Nutrisystem, Jenny Car. I've been on all of them. And like I'm saying, I think every diet for a period of time works. But we're talking about attainability and sustainability. This is actually a lifetime plan. So Terry is really dialed in the science of why this is going to work for you. And I have made it incredibly practical so you can do it. What about the people that say scientifically proven and all the studies they've done about having breakfast in the morning and, and doing that? Like, what is what do you say to that? Like, to the, the evidence that they've had from that? I don't know what that, I mean, I haven't done a lot of studies yeah. on that, but I will tell you for our diet book, right. the studies are there, the science is there, but even better than that, the practicality is there. So when we put the book together, we put a hundred people in a closed Facebook group, we put them on the diet okay, and they lost between 30 and 90 pounds Jeez. Wow! in a four to six month period of time. And one couple that we took on E! News with us and we were doing segments with Greg and Tammy Hun, he is almost at a hundred pound weight wow. loss. Can you give our listeners just a breakdown of, of one day, an example of one day of what it looks like when you wake up in the morning? Yeah. Well, let me break it into like the steps. So you okay. start with this red carpet ready, which is your quick fix. Right. So you can use this as your startup for the diet. You can use it as, you know, you have a big, like the Oscars are coming up. You could use this for a big event that's coming up. Or if you kind of get off track to get back on track. It's two to five days. It's a more limited food list. There's no alcohol. Only for those two to five days. Don't make a face. It's okay. <laughs> it's a very, so, no, short, very, very short like, period of time. Lost. This is just a couple of days. Um, and so you do that for two to five. And that's the 16-hour plan. So is there carbs on there? Anything like that? Like, there what are, are you carbs. To but eat? When you are in your feeding period, you we give you food lists for each phase of the diet. So there's the red carpet ready. Then there's the summer's coming, which is the bulk of the diet that's going to take you to the goal. There's alcohol. Girl's got to have her champs. I got to have, it's my red wine. I get it. Yeah. We, by the way, I have four kids. I have to drink. Yeah, I have to, yeah. we have two and we have an 11-week-old. So I'm like, I- You have an 11-week-old? You look fabulous. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's crazy. See, that's genetics. We, no, we almost hate you. It's just hard work. It it's hard so, work. No, it's great. I love it. Yeah, it's, it's so good. Out. But some people need more guidelines. Yes. And so we give you the food list and the second part is a little more expanded. You get to have your alcohol back. Okay. And then in the last phase is the maintenance program, which is more expanded food list and whatnot. But in general, on these food lists are really good lean proteins, vegetables, certain fruits that, um, you know, have a lower uh, sugar content. Which fruits? Because I'm really big on fruits. Like, which um, fruits could I eat? Like, my favorite food are sour cherries. That's one of the best fruits for you. I like grapefruit. Okay. Um, strawberries are really good. Um, lot, there's so many fruits you can have. I, I would stay away from bananas. Yeah, bananas, I heard were. Why is that? It's a lot of sugar, right? There's a lot of sugar in them. It's yeah. a real dense, a lot of carbs. I was told if you eat a banana mm. a day, you can gain five pounds. Is that right? I, I just, never I read, read it that. in Cosmo. I don't know. If you, if they, if you read it in Cosmo, yeah. it must be true. A hundred percent. hundred percent. That's hilarious. Um, so anyway, so we give you these foods, and as far as carbs go, really good high fiber carbs and limits on 
portions. Because what I have always found, and I do this with my kids, and I'm sure, how old are your kids? Uh, three and 11 weeks. Okay, so you're yeah. so you're not there yet. But wait till you take them to the movies and they want the whole box. Oh, that's my husband. Yeah, and you have, well, let, let, me, saying, let me help husband. So what, what I do <laughs> with I the kids. what he starts with? What? He starts with his raisinets uh-huh. during the previews, and then he eats the popcorn, and then he'll have you the sour You don't mix the raisinets in the popcorn? M&M's and popcorn. Okay. I don't get popcorn every time. Not every time, but it's usually raisinets, then Sour Patch Kids, and then he downs his diet. Diet Coke? Diet Coke. That's the only Real time healthy. I drink soda or any of that. <laughs> but so. that's okay. You're allowed to do that. Thank you. See, we build <laughs> cheating into the diet. Ah, perfect. Ooh, I like you, that. you have to cheat. It's you... unrealistic. Okay. So whether you're on the slow, medium, or fast track, if you're on the slow track, you get a cheat snack a week. If you're on the medium track, you get a cheat meal a week. And if you're on the fast track, medium, and then fast. Fast track get... is two to five days, right? No, no. The two to five days is just the little quick start. Ah. Then the middle part is as long as it takes to get to your goal weight. So you choose 12, 14, or 16 hours. You get a cheat snack, cheat meal, or cheat day, depending on what track you're on. But here's the thing. You have to understand cheating. And this is why we're talking about portion control. Like, I turn over the box, and I show my kids, not the calories, but the serving size. Because I I think especially we Americans, we don't understand what a portion looks like. Explain to to her um, about what we just had at, remember lunch? And you're like, now I see why Americans are overweight. Oh, we went to... uh... The restaurant, where were we, in Nashville? We were in Nashville. It's called Rafferty. It's, it's like a Chili's or a Applebee's, it's like right? like a chain kind of thing. Yeah, we yeah. sit down, we all order salads, which are ginormous, right? The biggest bowl you've ever seen. And when we first sit down, we all order a drink. I happened to order a Diet Coke. Before we even were a quarter not way through Not at the our, movies. No, not at the movies. <laughs> you got me. Before, we, before any of us were even a quarter way through our drink, they brought all of us a second one. So it's oh, like, right. we're like, we didn't even ask, but it's just like, we're sitting down, we have two Diet Cokes, a giant salad that has all this shit on all over it. And it's like, what do you want us to do? Of course, America is. Because they're trying to give value. And that's the problem is that they want to give us so much value for, you know, our money. So they want to give you this huge portion and, and salads at these places are like oh, 10,000 calories. Oh, yeah, right. They've got so the much dressing stuff. That people don't understand. Like, I'm eating a salad. I'm like, yeah, but you just put all that dressing on it, which and has a lot of, and, and, yeah. and, so on, and yeah. all the, yeah, right. All the toppings on it. So what we're trying to do is reprogram people to eat like humans. So when I say cheat, I don't mean go to a buffet and, and right. gorge yourself. It's like, have the things you love. So if you're on your cheat day and you want cake, have a slice of cake, but don't eat the whole cake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have pasta, but have a normal human sized bowl of pasta. So I have a piece of dark chocolate, a little square, every single night after I eat. Is that okay? Well, it's not really on our diet. But once a week you can have it. Okay. I I will say, though, it's it's nice. Like, we we did. Did you try the? Did you like the Whole30 or did not like the Whole30? I didn't. That wasn't my thing. Wasn't your thing. I mean, we, we definitely tried it, but it just, it wasn't. I'm excited to. I I do want to try this. It wasn't sustainable with two kids, it just with two wasn't. young kids. But that's the thing is yeah. that all these programs are just not sustainable. I remember being on. I think it was um, Nutrisystem, and they would give oh. you dehydrated food. And I remember being at a restaurant, like it, when I was 23, and pouring hot water over a dehydrated hamburger at oh a restaurant. Oh my goodness! Is that real? I mean, that's not realistic. You can't live like that. How is it with? Because whole 30, the whole thing. There's a lot of like meal prep. And that's why we ultimately, after like two and a half weeks, too much work. We can't do this. Like with a a 10, 11 week old and a three year old and kids got sick. It's like, we can't do this. Is there any of that in the Dubro diet? Well, I think in general, meal prepping is a good thing anyway, just because, you know, when you are, you know, hungry, you make bad choices. That's why you should never go to the supermarket when you're starving. You know this because then you, oh, that looks good. And you end up with all this stuff you really don't want. 
I meal prep as far as vegetables and fruits go that are always in the refrigerator. So there's easy things to grab quick that are healthy if you need them. Because if you don't have those, and especially when you have young kids, you end up eating their snacks. Mm-hmm. That little bag of pirate booty, that little bag. Oh, I uh, have um, I have a thing of hers in my bag, yeah, 100%. Because yeah. it was like, oh, it's there, it's easy, I'm going right. to grab it. and that's what you grab. Yeah. But if you had this other stuff ready and available to you, you'd grab that. That's so true. So I do like the being prepared thing. Having said that, do I think you need to have 12 meals organized, ready right. to go for the week? No. And Terry and I also eat out a lot. So you can absolutely eat out on this How diet. How long have you guys married for? We've been married. It's actually our 20-year wedding anniversary Aww. in June, wow. but we've been together for 22 years. And what's your kind of secret, with, with especially with you guys both being in the spotlight as well? Separate bathrooms, for sure. <laughs> Cannot share a bathroom. It's a bad idea. You know that? No, yeah. I, I, I like that. separate sinks. We, we have that. We have yeah, separate sinks. You need separate that... toilets. Oh, really? Yes. That's funny. 22 years. Trust me. Wow. Some things well, need we, to be, we remain have separate, a mystery. We kind of do that. We kind of. Like, we have a poop bathroom. Yeah, that's good. You someone... send him in the other room. I like yeah. that. Yeah. That yeah, totally yeah. works. That. Yeah. Same yeah. idea. Yeah. Um, Same concept. I, yeah. So I think what we've done well over the years, and look, it, you know it's a leap of faith. You can try your best to pick the right partner, but you mm-hmm. don't know what life is going to throw to you and how you're going to grow together or apart. So, you know, we have been very lucky. But I think one of the things that we've done well is we have made a concentrated effort to make our relationship a priority. We always have date nights, make sure we are having sex. We um, we find things to do together. Now, some people like to hike together or some people, you know, have hobbies together. And I'm looking at the two of you sitting here behind the mics. We like to work together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Terry has his career. Obviously, he's a plastic surgeon. He's on botched. I have my career. I do my podcast, Heather Dubrow's World, my YouTube channel, and my TV things. And we together, we have our skincare and supplement line, Console Beauty, that we sell at a shopping channel. And we are going on our four-year anniversary with that. We write books together. We have a podcast together, Dr. And Mrs. Guinea Pig. So that's our... Isn't that weird? That's like our fun stuff together is creating things. No, that's the same with us. I and mean, we love kind of building this brand and, mm-hmm. and, you know, doing the podcast together. We have something else really exciting that we're doing together. It's just like we're trying to build that because it's fun. We enjoy working together. Yeah. But also having what you guys, your separate time as well. You have to important. because I think you need something to talk about at the end of the day. And if you're together, and although I've seen couples make this work who are together all the time. Mm-hmm. But for me personally, I feel like it's always been really important that he does his thing, I do my thing, and then there's like more layers to talk about. 100%. With him being a plastic surgeon, have you ever, I mean, I know you said you haven't done any plastic surgery, but what's the one thing where you're kind of like, hey, honey, maybe. Oh, it's every morning. I'm like, <laughs> I need an emergency neck lift. And I have a bump on my nose. When I turn to the left, that's why I always take pictures to the right, because when I turn to the left, I don't like this bump on my nose. He's like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> just, he basically ignores me and moves on. But you're just, you're, you just decided, no, you don't want to do it? Well, I never say never, yeah. but, um, you know, he fixed my hernia. I had an umbilical hernia, so yeah. he fixed that for me. And while he was there, he cleaned up my C-section scar. That was very nice. So, is that considered plastic surgery? No. Not really. No. no. Um, <laughs> little Botox now and again. Oh, I get Botox. Come does on. he do your Botox? No. Who does your Botox? He, Doug Mest. By the way, Doug Mest is the best. Okay. So I'm going to have to get because I didn't like my last. Uh, it looks look like my it's pulling right there. Yeah, yeah, so. but you know, there's no roadmap in there. Sometimes that happens. Yeah. But Terry doesn't do injectables or like that anymore, which is good because when he used to do them, he was so mean to me, so nice to the patients. But if I came in, forget it. Oh, so yeah. I go to Doug Best. Doug is amazing. He was actually just on Botch last week. Oh, okay. He was one of the people that was instrumental in getting Sculptra approved um, by the FDA. What's Sculptra? Sculptra is, you know, there's fillers. 
Uh, so yeah. this isn't a filler. Okay. It it's, uh, regrows your own collagen. It's injectable, but it regrows your own collagen. It was, oh. it was actually manufactured for AIDS patients because they get very skeletal and lose facial fat. Oh, wow. And so it's an incredible product. Anyway, so Doug, he's the best. He's in Hermosa Beach. There's a plug for him. I love him. He's the best. So he'll do my Botox. Does, does your husband do breast augmentation? He does everything. See, I, I just had a consult. Um, can't believe I'm saying this on the I can't believe you are either. I had a consult um, a couple weeks ago, but I, I've been kind of nervous about it. I don't know if I'm going to go through with it or not. I, let me tell you something. I'm probably the only plastic surgeon's wife with real breasts. <laughs> If that tells probably, you how probably. I how I feel about breast implants. <laughs> See, the thing for me is I don't want big. I just I you know, they're saggy from two kids and I I don't I I would like them just I don't really like wearing bras a lot, so I would like them to just to be a little lifted and a little teeny bit more in there. Okay, can I tell you something? Because like you have an 11-week-old, and yeah. this is my big thing. So people talk about the mommy makeovers. Mm-hmm. A lot of people rush, right? They go, oh, I've had my last kid, now I'm going to have a mommy makeover. And they get tummy tucks, and they get their breasts done, and whatever. Yeah. The body has to rebound. And I, I, 100% honest, I think after our third child, I was like, oh my God, like what happened? These girls used to be so good, and now they're <laughs> gone, and what am I doing? And we had talked about it, and I didn't do anything. And my breast tissue regrew, like my body actually bounced back. Now, it, what, is it what it was? No. But it did bounce back, and I feel like people rush to the surgeon too fast. Mm-hmm. So give your body a chance mm-hmm. to recover and see what it's going to do. Yeah, and are you sure you're done? Oh, yeah, well, he's, he has a vasectomy appointment. Well, I just put it all out there. <laughs> Yeah. How do you decide that? Is that like because did well, you have C sections or I natural? I had two C sections, so I but really could only have open. one more. You didn't want to have a little like uh, double knot. That's what I did. So, what do you mean? I had my tubes tied while, while I, well, after the C section. So I figured, okay, yeah, I, I didn't want to be done, done, done. You weren't per- sure. Permanent. I didn't want for me personally. I just I want to know that if I could have another baby, I could because as a woman, I just. I didn't want to close that door 100%. Not- <laughs> is this making you nervous? She's like, I need to be able to no. have enough. We've had, we've had this <laughs> well, discussion, can- so I'm like, wait a second, what? No, you can. he can reverse his vasectomy. The doctor that he's actually going to does more reversals than actually vasectomies. So the fact that you can't reverse your tubes. So for me, I just, and as a woman, I just want to always, I don't know, it's just, it don't take away my right to have a babies if I wanted to. For me, I just How didn't want to have that? to go through wait, that. Like I said, we've had this discussion. I had my like uproar at first. I was like, wait, what? Like, I thought we're deciding that we didn't want any more. What's the difference if, well, what if I decide I want to have one with somebody else? Or, you know, I'm, like, I'm like, wait, what, what? I did not say that. That's no, very I sketch. I don't know. Very I did, sketch. I did not say that. It's just, it's almost like, you know. She's like, someone's I thought taking it. Your, I didn't right. say it. It's like someone's taking away your ovaries. It just makes you not feel like a woman. Well, you have to understand, I had to do IVF. So did we. Oh, yeah. okay. We so did you, two rounds. Oh, so mm-hmm. you could, all right. I th- I always thought, like, if I had if I had to, or like, I'm 80, so I wasn't having another child. But, <laughs> so we had three IVF and then one natural. Okay. So good that something's being done here, I'm just saying. Because yeah. apparently, if you have sex, you can get pregnant. Well. I don't know if you know that. Yeah. <laughs> After yes. vasectomy? No, no, just in general. Oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> yes. Because funny, because right. after my third, I thought, well, we can't, we're done, but I can't get pregnant anyway, so I, we didn't do anything about it. Right. So it's interesting to me that you decided to have a vasectomy when you had to do IVF. Well, here's the thing. So both IVFs failed. Well, I got pregnant, but then lost the babies. But 
we then got pregnant naturally oh, each time after. One month after no each time. One month each wow. time. Yeah, my fourth was natural. Yeah. But that was like, I don't know how that happened. I swear we had a dry spell. Yeah, it's 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 the whole infertility is just kind of crazy with my body. But we at first, the last couple months of the pregnancy, we actually were like, you know what, are we done? And then even a month after, we're like, we don't know. And then recently, we're both kind of like, you know what? I, but here's the thing. I just, I love babies. I really, I, if I could have. Uh-oh, she wants another. No, I just, I just. Maybe I don't did go you to love, the Did you love him last night at 2 in the morning? <laughs> no, I didn't. Okay. I no, but they get like, past that. I know, I know, but we don't. And here's the thing. My age, too, I'm getting older, and the chances are, you know, they go up past, you know, because I'm 35. And so it's just, it keeps, it keeps, you know, I, we have two very healthy children, and I want to. It's I, a I blessing. Think, I, think we're, totally. I think we're a two. What are the age ranges of your of your children? I have I have twins, so I have 15, 15, 12, and eight. Wow. Yeah. How was twins? It was like could we curse or no? Yeah. Yeah. It was a show. I mean, it was crazy. I had never even held a baby before. I wasn't one of those like I had cousins and nieces, and I had had no clue. And then there were two. And Terry, you know, walks around the house like he just scrubbed him for surgery, so he doesn't touch anything. (laughs) So I had a fabulous baby nurse and um you know, I figured it out. So when I had the third, that was like having a teddy bear. Oh, I'm sure. Because I already had two. Yeah. I can imagine, and I don't know, but you know, because now you have an 11-week-old, I would imagine that going from one to two has to be the hardest transition because when you have one, it's just one. Yep. And it's two must hard. seem like 12. I started with two, so three, four was nothing. Yeah, that's what people before we had our second one, people kept saying that they're like, it's harder to go from one to two than it is two to three. And we're sitting there like from a logical standpoint, that doesn't make sense. The numbers just don't add up. But now after having two, we're like, we get it. You get it. But but now you have man to man combat, which is good. Right. Totally outnumbered. Yeah. But like doing something, it was so easy to do something for yourself when it's like, hey, honey, can you take Jolie, our daughter? Be like, you got her for a little bit. I'm going to go do something or I'll take her so you can go do something. Now it's like, we don't want to leave each other with the two kids. You got a three, <laughs> a, a three-year-old and an 11-week-old. It's like, uh-uh, you're not doing this to me right now. Like, no, you're staying here. So that's what's so difficult right now yeah. is trying to be able to manage that. Oh. But it's good that you guys have careers and you obviously take care of your relationship because that's, yeah. I think that period of time is the most important. When I had my third, I had three under three mm-hmm. and it was insane. But, but you know, we had help. We got out of the house. I had made sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, you have to rely on the help because I think we have a hard time doing that. But But um, the one mistake I think we made, so a a year ago, year and a half ago, Terry and I took a trip to the Maldives and it was the longest we had ever been away for the kids. And our oldest are 15 and we were gone for 10 days. Oh, wow. Wow. Which was huge. We had been away for two days, three days. I think one time we went away for four it was the most incredible thing, and everyone told me to travel when the kids were younger, but we don't have family nearby that we could leave them with, and I just felt uncomfortable. Yeah. Gosh, I wish we had done it earlier. That's the one mistake I feel like we made. You, I'm telling you, you should find a way, not at 11 weeks, right. but, you know, when the baby's like six months old or eight months or whatever. Sleeping it, through the night. Sleeping through the night and, and more of like a baby baby, like, do it. We go. We go. We go on little trips. We go on little. Like you're talking about like two, three day. Mm-hmm. We have a wedding that will be gone in Europe for four. But we five wanted days. to extend it, but we didn't because of the kids. But you right. should. You should take it from me. That's the one thing. When I look back, I go, "Gosh, I wish we had done more of that." We blew it, and they don't remember. Right. And now I have teenagers, and they don't really care. <laughs> yeah. Now they're like, "Get out of here." So there's the sweet spot in between. So take advantage now.
Well, I love you. Where can our listeners find your book and all about you? So you can find um, everything about me at heatherdubrow.com. You can find the book wherever books are sold. It's finally back in stock at Amazon and Barnes & Noble, which is cool because it sold out a couple of times. Good yes, for you. it did. Good yeah. problem yeah. It's called and The Dubrow Diet, Dubrow Interval Diet. Eating to Lose Weight and Feel Ageless. And my podcast, Heather Dubrow's World, is on Podcast One. Woohoo! There you go. Love it. Well, thank you so much for coming. Awesome. Thank, thank you, it. Heather. Thanks for having me. Hiring used to be hard. Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, and a confusing review process. But there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart. A place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. That place is ZipRecruiter.com. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards. But they don't stop there. With powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter.com get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. Hiring people, by the way, it's a great feeling when you are in a position to hire people, isn't it? It is. Mm-hmm. Because I was always the one desperately trying to get a job. Oh, yeah. Going into those interviews, stressing out, working on your resume and all this stuff. And then when it switches and you get to say, oh, you get to make somebody's life by giving them a job. It's exciting. But it's hard to find great people. And that's where ZipRecruiter comes along. Absolutely. Because how do you do it? I mean, there's so many different ways. There's so many the social media and the internet and stuff. How do you get it out there that your job is open? You want as many, you want to cast as wide net as possible, right? That's how you find the best people. And that's where ZipRecruiter comes in. And especially when nowadays it's all about who you know, not what you know. Yes. It's like, how are you going to, if you don't know anybody that you can hire for this job, what else are you supposed to do? Go fishing. Exactly. And ZipRecruiter takes that wide open ocean of fish and gives you just the premium fish The big you fat want. tuna. Exactly what you want. And right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Jana. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash J-A-N-A. ZipRecruiter.com slash Jana. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Tori's on to tell us about Noom, which I've heard a lot of great things about, especially when it comes to nutrition and dieting and all that. Tell us a little bit more about it. Yeah. Uh, Well, I was an athlete at UCLA, and ever since I stopped and graduated, I've been like, oh my gosh, I don't have a nutritionist on hand. It's hard, right? When you get out of sports, like you can't eat the same stuff you used to. Not at all. And when you're coming from an athlete, like you're used to that for so many years, you're like, you don't know any different. Or you have like people being like, hey, would you eat this week? And you're like, oh my gosh, accountability. I, like, I don't have that anymore either. Yeah. And you're like, just like carbs, carbs, carbs. Yeah. Or your teammates. And protein. Yeah. You're just like, you're in like spandex working out, you're going, doing your thing. And then you come back and you just, you eat. And then you have, you talk to your nutritionist, like cut this back, cut this out, add this to your plan. And it's like, you just don't have that in the normal like world, yeah. unless you're like a celebrity and like can afford, and can that. afford it. But I can't, I'm, I'm broke. No, we no. can't do that yeah, anymore. I'm a post-college kid. Just, yeah. Mm-hmm. We're so codependent <laughs> on our, our, on our nutritionists and strength coaches that now we're just stuck. Yeah. You're just stuck, but you don't have to be with Noom. Absolutely. Because with Noom, you have personalized training and your own support team for less than a price of a single appointment with a nutritionist or personal trainer. Right. And all you have to do is you take a 30-second online evaluation. It kind of tells you, like, what's your age, what's your weight, what's your goals, and, um, like, any allergies you have. So, for me, I'm gluten intolerant. So, for me, I, like, write that in. So, they're like, okay, here's, like, here's what you should be doing and adding in to counter that. or Because you do need to have carbohydrates in your system. Oh, you got like, to. The people think it's bad. It's actually not. And it tracks your meal habits. It gives you visualized portion sizes, and you can see your calorie density at a glance. Right. 
when you do go a little overboard, it's, there's no shaming, just tips on getting back on track tomorrow. So even if you go off your schedule, it's going to be okay. They'll get you back on track. Yeah, and it's all done from an app. So you have it 24-7 with you. So if you have a question on something, you can just message the nutritionist and say, hey, here's what I'm thinking about having. And they can just have a dialogue, hold accountability to that. And, and people need that nowadays. I know I do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> and Noom is designed for results. It's out with the old habits, in with the new. Sign up for your trial today at Noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash Jana. What do you have to lose? Visit Noom.com slash Jana to start your trial today. Again, that's Noom.com slash Jana. Start losing weight for good. Dr. Jen Mann is in studio right now with us. And would you like to give your, would you say your, I mean, obviously you're a therapist, but is your, are you mainly a sex therapist or is it, like, what is your... I do a lot of different things. Um, She's yeah, like, I, I'm multifaceted. I'm pretty, I am pretty multifaceted. I actually wrote my doctoral dissertation about eating disorders and weight loss. And it's, I have an app called No More Diets. It's based on that. That's kind of what I originally started out talking about the most. Um, I've written a parenting column for over 10 years. It's printed right. in 10 different magazines. I'm now writing an in-style column about sex and relationships. Most people know me from couples therapy on VH1 or family therapy on VH1. So I really... I've covered it all. I'm, I'm an obsessive researcher. I love psychology. I love helping people. So there really isn't a topic that I haven't covered. Well, that's <laughs> great because right. we're, we, I'm like, where do we even start? Because obviously Michael and I are in extreme open book. Uh, love that. Yes. I actually do. This is so off topic and random, but I wrote it down just because um, you talked about eating disorders. And I just have a question. Mm-hmm. Anything. So- what, when is it, how do I say this without, I know I don't have an eating disorder. I'm just going to say that, but I've become obsessive with weighing myself. Is that a problem? Yes, it ab- it absolutely is. Because the, the problem is that what you're doing then is you're making the focus, this external thing, this number. Do I feel good about myself becomes about what the number is on the scale. Well, no, that that's is never so good true. for our self-esteem. Because literally, if it goes above that one number, I am depressed the rest of the day. And, and I have to tell you, look, I am someone who I'm recovered from an eating disorder. I was not well for about a decade. I was an elite level athlete. I was a rhythmic gymnast. I was on the national team for five years. I had a intense, hardcore Russian coach that was like weighing us and screaming at us and mm. doing all kinds of, of crazy stuff. And after during the course of my eating disorder, I did this like crazy medical liquid diet, and I ended up. I bought this talking scale because I was like obsessed, like you, with weighing myself. Uh-huh. And what happened was, I got on the scale, and it would say like you, and it, this awful voice. It would say, "Hi, you weigh blah blah blah, and you've gained one pound. Have a nice day." I can still hear that oh woman's God. voice in my head, and every day get on, and it would say like, "And you've gained two pounds," and I flipped and I was eating disordered at the time. Unlike you, I was full-blown eating disordered. It wasn't just kind of what we call subclinical eating disorder, which is where, you know, you're obsessive, you don't meet the criteria for a full-blown eating disorder, but it's an issue in your life. But what ended up happening was I became so distraught that the scale kept telling me I was gaining weight that I started eating more because I was so upset. Mm -hmm. And then I ended up putting on weight. As it turned out, the scale was broken. Stop. So it was a very valuable oh lesson about the external, focusing on the external versus the internal. What's really important is what's your relationship with food like? What's your relationship with your body like? What's your body image like? Are you making healthy choices for yourself that feel good and reinforce 
things that you want for yourself. I come from a model, I don't believe in deprivation. What tends to happen, and all the studies show, the more we deprive ourselves, the more out of control we tend to get with specific foods. Right. So I am a big believer. I love what we call the hunger scale. The hunger scale is a scale from zero to 10. 10 being the fullest you've ever been. Thanksgiving, your stomach is going to just split open. Zero being you're about to faint. You're going to be on the floor soon. Five being neutral. I talk a lot about learning to eat when you are hungry which is a three. It's all like, I know I'm hungry. If you're like, I think I'm hungry. I'm not sure. You're probably a four. You can wait. If you let yourself get to a two, you probably have a headache. Your stomach's growling. You're not feeling so good. Your energy's not good. And you certainly don't want to get to a one. You want to stop eating when you are a five, which is neutral, or a six, which is, yeah, I could tell I food my stomach, but I could run down the block if I had to. Once you get to seven, you're full. Eight, you're getting uncomfortable. Nine, you're in pain. So what you really want to do to respect your body is to eat when you're hungry, a three, and stop when you're satisfied, which is a five, and not deprive yourself of foods that you love because then you're more likely to binge on them. Mm -hmm. I didn't know you were on the scale that much. Every morning. And I tell you, anytime she jumps on the scale, I'm like, well, don't weigh yourself. It's every morning, and sometimes I'll hide it from you. Is that a problem? I can tell because obviously you do hide it from me because I didn't know. And every time you do get on, I'm like, why are you getting on scale? What well, it, what I it just, tells we you just, you have shame around it, we, that you we, don't want him to, and you know something's we wrong. We just had a baby. Yeah. So my our baby's, you know, um, you know, he's 12, 12 weeks. I don't know when this one's going to air, but, you know, he's he's around that. But I just, I, I was so obsessive getting back to my pre-pregnancy weight, which is why I started to become, like, obsessive about the number. Yeah. But, like, sometimes I won't work out because if I'm if I'm too close to that number, I don't want my muscle weight to be to make me weigh more. Okay. So then I that's won't work out. That's obsessive. Yeah. That's not healthy. Okay. The best Fabulous. choice for your body is about working out. That's good for your heart. It's good for your muscles. It's good for your strength. It's good for your back. You know, all that sort of stuff. So it's really important that you, I, I, I look, I, I would recommend not weighing yourself. I would lock up that scale and instead focus on, how do you feel? Because also, look, so what? So what if you gain muscle and you're still lean? It's the number. But but I'm telling you, you got to work on letting go of the number. Yeah. The number is unhealthy for you. That that obsession about the number. And look, I always say, like, when a client comes to my office and says, like, I feel fat, I always say, like, what do you feel fat about? And I So re- here's the thing. I don't feel fat. I don't want to get thinner than a certain I just want to stay at where I'm at right now so I'm I don't want to get over that number but the obsession is the same when a person is obsessing about being fat that isn't fat it's no different than a person obsessing about a number that doesn't really matter what you're doing is you're projecting something onto that number Hmm. and my question for you is if you weren't obsessing about the number what would you be thinking about that you might not want to think about and how would you feel about yourself if you didn't know the number What's what's more painful that you don't want to think about than that number? Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about it because <laughs> well, that's where the answer is. Yeah, well, no, it's it's about not. I want to be attractive, and I think that goes back to just want to be chosen and be attractive. But you know, by you, by me, yeah. And, and how many times do I tell you that, like, well, I know I, I want to stay there. That's the thing. I that's want, where I, I want no, to like, even, stay. Even so, I'm like, I don't want you under that number. No, I know, and I don't want either. That's why I want to stay there. But but I look, I would venture to say, and I've been told we can talk about anything, that you guys are very open, that what's gone down between the two of you, that that probably felt very out of control for you. 
And controlling uh, the number is a way of trying to control the bigger picture. If I can control the number, then I'm going to look perfect, and I put that in quotes, and then I'll be safe with him, and I don't have to worry about him cheating. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It, what, even if, like, I, I've never said anything about weight or Correct. it's never been an issue, that's what she's making it about is is trying yeah. to control one thing that she can control. You can't make- go through what you guys have gone through and not feel some anxiety about your partner. You know, it's really and interesting. Worry that it's going to happen again. Being very introspective about this is, I started weighing myself when you were in treatment. That is very interesting. I got a scale when you were in treatment. Interesting. There you go. You 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 wow. projected all your anxiety and all your pain onto that scale and that number. Huh. And it's not really about that number. That wow. makes me sad. Huh? I want to like just tell you I love you. Oh. That makes me sad. Yeah. Well, I just, I never thought of it like that. Huh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. How do you feel right now? Well, I just, I feel like, I don't, I feel embarrassed. Why? <laughs> well, I don't know. It's just embarrassing, I guess. But there's nothing to be embarrassed about. There are a lot of women who are going to hear this and relate to you. Yeah. Why? Well, but like, I don't want to throw away the scale. <laughs> yeah. Because that's like my control thing. But, yeah. But that, that speaks to how hard it is for you to let go mm-hmm. of this thing. And how important it is for you to work on those feelings mm-hmm. and to be able to talk through those in your own therapy or in couples therapy, because obviously this issue is not resolved. Mm-hmm. And that's understandable because that doesn't go away overnight, that kind of breach of trust. And it's important for you guys to continue to work on the relationship and work on your connection so that you can feel safe again. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting that because in, in most all the other areas we've addressed head on, we've discussed, we've talked circles around mm-hmm. and we're very mindful of, but it's like, this is like your one thing that has been like your own secret to like validate yourself or something to hold on to that we haven't addressed or talked about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you've hid from me. Well, I just, cause I mean, not really. I mean, you asked like, how much are you today? And I was like, yes, and it would, whatever the number is. But, but first of all, I would recommend don't ask I don't ask. that question. That's what I was just about yeah. to say. I was you like, did, I, that, uh, two days ago. You said, what are you at? I don't do that often if I do. No, 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 not often. Let's work on, even if let's I did, work on I'm never. Like, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. even if I do, I'm like, why are you worried about it? Yeah, you do ask, yeah, why? Yeah. I think, yeah. Okay, we move on. <laughs> It, it's it's hard to talk about. It's it, it's it's painful. I totally get it. Could I just do it like every once a week? Like, can I do that? Where it's because I want to make sure I'm not. I'm like staying. Like my trainer always said, go buy a pair of pants. But that's the pants that you would look. If you're in touch with your body, mm-hmm. you don't need a scale because you know when you feel good. You know when you feel bad. You know when you feel bloated. You know when you've eaten too much. I think right now you're holding on because you're holding on to that control. And that's okay if you're not ready to let go of that. But now you know what it is. Uh And I think when you get on that scale, you're going to look at it a little differently. And hopefully that will help you let go of it sooner, completely. Okay. Okay. Interesting. What? I just didn't know. Are you mad at me? Why would I be mad at you? I don't know. I feel like I did something wrong. Why? What'd you do wrong? I think she has shame around. Yeah. She yeah. has a lot of shame uh, around it. And that's why she hid it from me. That's the secrecy. Yeah. I'm sorry that you, through all that we've discussed and gone through, 
that a part of you is still so unsure of things that you still I don't think it's unsure. I think it's just back to where it it's just the control of like I have I there's something that I can control because I can't control whether you step out. I can't control whether our marriage falls apart, but I can control Right, but it still feels like something that um like we've done so much work around that it's still something that we haven't addressed that you're just trying to have it's like your own work on the side that I don't know how to explain it. It's like your own thing you're holding on to like outside of the work that we're addressing this head on but it's like still something on the side that like you lean on to to make yourself feel better but she's not resolved yeah and it it, it takes time it takes time to heal i think it's just you know again because yeah it's just a it's just a way to have that control and and to feel like that and to almost feel like, okay, I know I'm here, so he must won't choose me because I'm I'm at, I, I'm looking good right now with this. What when you see the number that you want to see, do you feel better about yourself? Mm-hmm. Do you feel better about us? I just am happier. <laughs> Does that make sense? I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then if not, then I'm like so depressed, and then I'll either not work out because I don't want to add more muscle weight, or I'll just be depressed and then sulk for a couple hours. And then make sure I don't make sure I don't eat as much so that the next morning I can wake up. And it's probably just water weight. It's probably point two of whatever. And then I'll wake Completely. up. Like, oh, boom! Yeah, and, like, and look, I know that our, our weight varies day by day. Yeah, where we're in our cycle, how much salt we had, how much water we drank. Yeah, like, like I won't ever weigh myself after a flight because I know that I'll be more water or this. So it's because then I know I'll get in my head about it. Yeah, you feel better or worse about us though, depending on what you see on the scale. Mm. Or is it just like you either feel depressed or happier? Mood. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It has no correlation to you. It's just my own. I mean, yes, it's correlated with you, but not in that moment. So, Jen, what do people listening do? Because I'm relating so much to what Jana's saying, even in different ways. It manifests in different ways, mm-hmm. whether it's weight or blinking the lights up and down or totally doing whatever things you do to control. What do people listening do to try to work through it? Well, the, the first thing is to identify what it's really about. The lights, which aren't really about the lights. It's again, it's about control. It's about binding anxiety to look at why are you feeling anxious? What's going on in your life so that you can actually address it, whether it is having a conversation with someone, whether it is taking better care of yourself, whether it's getting in therapy, whether it's going to a 12-step meeting, whatever it is that is the underlying issue is what needs to be addressed because that behavior serves a purpose whether it's obsessing about a number on a scale or turning the lights on and off or anything else, you know, Someone being a workaholic. A boyfriend not texting you back or like that can yeah. throw me. A hundred percent. Yeah. I have a colleague who once said to me, no matter how successful a person is, especially a woman that like when your relationship is falling apart, like you feel like everything is falling apart. That like, it doesn't matter how strong you are. It doesn't matter how accomplished you are. That typically that's something that tends to take us down, you know? How are you feeling? I'm good. Yeah. I'm, I'm on to the next thing. On to the next thing? Yeah. Should we talk about sex? Yeah. Let's definitely talk about sex. Let's. Which is, which is interesting. So, Jana and I today, later today, have a tantra therapy appointment mm-hmm. with a tantra therapist. And so that's going to be, for me, un- 
probably uncomfortable at first, but I'm excited to give it a try. Yeah. So he has a harder time with intimacy, so that's something that he had set up to try to work on intimacy. I so. love that. That's great. Because a lot of tantric sex, and I, I wrote my in-style column, Hump Day with Dr. Jen comes out every Wednesday. Love. I wrote one of my columns all about tantric sex. And one of the things that I learned as I was researching was a lot of it is about eye contact and breathing and kind of syncing yourselves as but a see, couple, like, look how he's like great. smiling, so it's yeah. going to be uncomfortable for him. So how but, how can we but that's stay great. centered? I like him uncomfortable. Okay, that's good for your relationship. I like you uncomfortable, not on your scale. I like him uncomfortable <laughs> having intimacy with you, and we all live happily ever after. <laughs> Boom, done. Easy. <laughs> I'm all about stepping out of the comfort zone. That's where the work happens. You know, when we stay in our comfort zone, we don't grow. Our relationships don't change. We do the same patterns, and we mess up in the same ways. So I think it's great to me, you know, I, I talk a lot in, in my book, The Relationship Fix, about the whole chapter about how to make amends and about forgiveness. And one of the steps I was I talk about the four R's, about showing remorse, about taking responsibility, about recognition, like actually hearing the person talk about their feelings, and remedy. And to me, this is part of remedy. Remedy is a plan. How do, how do we not make the same mistake again. What do I do? What boundaries do I initiate? What intimacy do we need to have? What ways do we need to connect to make me less vulnerable to this happening again in the future? And I think this is fantastic. I love that you're doing it. And I love that you initiated it. I think it's great. Let me ask you this. And this is actually something that I was By the gonna... way, I love the four R's. So yeah, those I are fantastic. It kind of sounds like our This second. is something I'm actually going to bring up with my individual therapist and, mm-hmm. and try to process when I meet with him later this week. But so we talked about on a previous episode, I have an issue if I initiate something, whether it's sex, whether it's time together, whatever it is, I have no problem with it. Mm-hmm. But for what for whatever reason, if Jana initiates it or not even just her, but just someone else initiates and says, hey, do you want to do this? Hey, do you want to work out? Hey, she initiates sex or whatever. I have an issue with it. I get uncomfortable. So for this example, just talking to you, if you take two scenarios, she initiates sex more times than not, I might be kind of uncomfortable and not as uh, willing or whatever. But if I initiate it, I have no problem. I'm good to go. Like there's no performance issues. There's no uncomfortableness. There's no anything. So you like to be in control. Yeah, I guess that's what it is, but I don't know. Yeah. Is that feel that uncomfortable feeling? Is that an old feeling or a new feeling? Old. How far back does it go? What's the earliest time you can remember it? Um, I mean, childhood. Early, early. Childhood. Where in your childhood? Seven, eight, maybe. And what was going on? I think it's... Pam, turn the radio down. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I think it's just in, you know, my household, it was, you know, I had a fantastic childhood. I don't take anything away from my childhood, but it was still... As a child, I don't. I never felt like you had much of a voice. Where it's mm-hmm. just you do what your parents said, you do what my father said. Sure. Period. There wasn't yeah. if no if no, answer. It sounds no, like you came from a very authoritarian household. Yeah. Even though you knew you were loved by your parents, you For felt sure. like you didn't have a locus of control. Right. So it was just I was I was always told what to do. Mm-hmm. There was never a discussion. I never felt like I could have a say in anything. It's mm-hmm. just like you were told what to do, and it just I don't know. I think now 
I just feel when I, even if it's a suggestion by Jana, hey, do you want to work out later today? It feels like I'm being told what to do. Yeah, which and and look, it clearly goes back to your childhood, and, and you know, chapter four of my book is is about childhood. It's all about how your childhood impacts your relationship, and the reason why I wrote that is because most people don't realize, and you know, every season on couples therapy, I do what we call the relationship trauma session, which mm-hmm. is like it, it generally. They've lasted anywhere from four to seven hours of therapy, intensive therapy with all these couples, celebrity couples in a room with me talking about their childhoods. It's so eye-opening. And it's really, in a certain way, it's easy when the trauma is obvious. Oh, if you've been molested, obviously it's not easy going through that trauma. It's horrific right. and, and life-altering. But neglect, abuse, you know, sexual abuse, all that sort of stuff, people go like, oh, I know this thing happened to me. Obviously, this is going to impact me. Where people don't realize their childhood impacts them is more subtle situations like yours, which is mm-hmm. why I wrote about it in the book. It's being in a home where you don't feel understood, where you don't feel seen and heard, where you don't feel like you have control over your future. It's more subtle things like a family of divorce that that's so common that people tend to go, oh, it doesn't impact me that much, but it impacts you. Right. So it's it's all those subtle things, and it sounds like that feeling of not having control deeply impacted you. And it, and it, as a result, it makes you seek control in different ways in your relationship, even subtle ways that are going to have a negative impact on your wife. Mm-hmm. Because if she feels like she can't initiate sex, she can't say, hey, let's go work out. Hey, I, you know, I got tickets to this concert. If for you it feels controlling, what happens is she loses control. She, she, she's got a catch-22. I can't ask for what I want in this relationship. Otherwise, he's going to feel controlled. So it makes a whole lot of sense that your control is on the scale right now. Well, so which is funny because yesterday we were driving back and I said, so I wanted to ask you to work out today. And I felt like I couldn't even ask you because you were going to say no because it wasn't your idea. So I'm kind of left like, what am I supposed to do? Your, your arms are tied behind your back. Because I can't initiate things. I can't say things because you're going to say no because it wasn't your idea. So I don't know how I'm supposed to come to you with things. And I go, now I'm just kind of confused. Which I I haven't, and we talked about this yesterday, which I haven't, I don't always say no if she brings something to me. And but I she still, senses your energy. She, yeah. I can tell yeah, well, for sure. just from being here for 10 seconds, she's incredibly attuned to you and super hypersensitive mm-hmm. to you. You blink the wrong way and she <laughs> is busy true. in her head going, Okay, what's going on with him? What's he doing? Why is he feeling this way? How is it going to impact our relationship? She's super in tune with you. Mm-hmm. So she's going to pick up on, even if you say yes, the process that goes on in your head, she's going to pick up on your energy about it. 100%. So you've got work to do here mm-hmm. in order to be a giving, loving, open partner. And and I can't help but wonder if on some level the affair had to do with control. Because it it puts you in a position where you have more control in your relationship because it creates so much anxiety with your partner of, is he going to do it again? Is he going to leave me? Is he going to have bad boundaries? What do I have to do to keep this relationship in check? Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. I'm sure they're, you know, especially with what I was going through in my own world with depression and transitioning into different life and career and all that stuff when we first met that, yeah, I felt like I had no control over anything. Yeah. I was just along for the ride. So there's definitely some truth behind that. How do I go about asking? or Because t- I just want to 
spend time with them. I just want to hang out with them. You know, I just want to go to lunch or work out or, you know, if I, I have a hard time initiating because I have been turned down a lot of times from him. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's really hard for me to initiate because I'm so afraid to get turned down and then, which will then trigger the trauma Mm -hmm. of not being chosen. And Mm -hmm. so I don't do that often, which I'd like to more but I feel so uncomfortable because I'm so afraid of being turned down. And then that entire time it's like, Oh, I know in his head, he feels like he has to, because if not, then I'm going to feel not chosen. I'm going to feel turned down. I'm going to feel all these things. So I don't know how, how do I approach something as simple as, Hey, do you want to work out with me to initiating sex without having to have that anxiety? I'm I'm going to give you some advice that you're going to hate. That's going to be very challenging, but is going to be life changing for you. What I want your energy on this to be is, great, bring on the rejection. I can handle it. Bring it on. I, it is just an opportunity for me to work on myself and to be strong and to build myself up. I don't need his yes to feel good about me. And I welcome the rejection and bring it on. Come to him with that energy. Have that energy within yourself and be less attached to the outcome. Because what we want to do is give you your control back. That you can't ask is a problem. Mm -hmm. All you can do is change your side of that problem. He's got to do the work in his individual therapy so that Mm -hmm. he can learn to to say to say yes or or even to say no and to do it in a gracious, loving way. But What he has done is he has basically created a dynamic in your relationship where you feel the way he felt growing up. Hmm. He couldn't ask. His parents were in control. He had to do whatever they said. You're in a situation now where you can't ask. He's in control and you can't get your needs met. Mm -hmm. So all you can do is change your side and then have faith that he will work on his side. But what if it doesn't change? Then you'll have a decision to make. Oh, <laughs> Damn, you we're, back, be- we're back there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whether you want to be in a relationship with someone who is withholding, and if it goes that long, unwilling to work on the issue, mm-hmm. which isn't the case. Yeah, which again, I even, a guy who's willing to work yeah, on. It. Which even when you when you've asked things, I'll even say yes. Maybe I still will feel uncomfortable, but I'll and say yes okay. because I. Know it's something she wants. But but also what I want you to start to do is is say yes, and not only because it's something she wants, but because you want to work on yourself and you want to live life on different terms. Because as long as your childhood is dictating how you react to her and you're coming from that place of someone else is in control, I have to get control by saying no, I have to be withholding, mm-hmm. you're trapped in your childhood and in For a certain sure. way you're a victim of your childhood. For sure. And I and I've told this to Jana when we we don't have the same sexual issues as we have in the past, but I told her even when we were having intimacy issues in that in the bedroom, it's like I don't want this. Like I don't want this to be my issue. I sure. want to want to be so open minded and comfortable and be able to have sex or do this or do that mm-hmm. without any issue. So I want those things, but sometimes I think I'm also afraid of. It's like the whole breakup scenario. It's like I want you to want to do the dishes. It's like sometimes there's going to be things I, I might not want to do, but I do them mm-hmm. because I know it's important to her. That's okay. Sometimes you take one for the team. Well, yeah, see, some, nothing wrong with see, that. See, sometimes I might get the energy from Jana where 
because I don't have the same enthusiasm, I don't have the same, you know, whatever about that situation, that it's not enough for her. That me just doing it isn't enough for her that I have to want to do that as well. So it's... And, 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 and that's where your work is Mm -hmm. that, that you have to work on that in order to get to an enthusiastic, yes, sometimes you have to get a lukewarm. Yes. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. But embrace it. It, Like reward the positive behavior. If he says yes, even if you sense a hesitation, that's okay. This is a guy who wants to grow, help him grow. He says, yes, embrace it. What will be, you think his path to trying to not have that uncomfortableness when I'm at when I ask him to do something with me he's got to work through his childhood because this is not about you Uh this is about his childhood this is about feeling powerless this is about feeling like he had to do what he was told and so he's starving for control so he doesn't want you to have any when he is able to work through that he won't be so starving for control and he also will feel more powerful as a man and when he feels that way, he can say yes, he can say no. And it's not about withholding. It's not about power and control. It's about, I love you. And yeah, great. Let's do it. And it's not about like a task or yeah. a, a, I'm yeah. telling him what to do. Which I finally, I've gotten to the point in our relationship where I can say no. Because for a long time, I didn't say no. And then resentment built up because mm-hmm. against her, which is not her fault. Because mm-hmm. it was just me not speaking how I really felt. Yeah. And it's, you know, and I've told Jana too, it isn't just my issue with this isn't just towards Jana. It's been with teachers in my life. It's been with coaches that I've had my entire life. It's been with just any authoritative figures that I've always been one of those guys that just quick triggered to defend myself because I just not a big fan of authority and people telling me what to do. And, and when you grow up in a household like yours that was more of an authoritarian household, you tend to be more sensitive to that and you tend to have a response that's about the rebellion mm-hmm. as opposed to what's in my best interest? What do I really want to do? It becomes just kind of a trigger now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think on the flip side, when I'm told the no or rejected, that just goes into the trauma of the, the past. Mm-hmm. But. But we have to build you up so that you're just like, great, bring it on. Yeah. I can handle rejection. I'm such a strong woman. Your no isn't isn't going to tear me me down. I think it'll always, unfortunately, yes, I think I've gotten better with that. But I think it's always going to be there no matter what. Just that little piece of not feeling chosen. But there's a difference between, I really wish he was in the mood too. And that I'm not the chosen. Mm -hmm. The I'm not the chosen is about the trauma of the past between the two of Mm -hmm. you. And that, that we need to clean up. So it's, so it's a pure response that just like, damn, I was hoping to have sex and he's not up for it. Okay. I'll go take care of myself. Yeah. And that maybe next time that feels, uh, Unfortunately, like when I when I hear that, like when she f- still feels that way about something I say no to, that makes me sometimes want to get defensive and say, well, that just seems like you're focusing on the things I'm not doing as opposed to the things that I am doing. Mm-hmm. What about the fact? And then I want to like keep score in a sense of, well, we just had sex yesterday or, or sure. I just did this with you. I just we just cut it on the couch. We, You yeah. know, what about those things that I'm doing and why you focus on this one thing? And I just get all worked up and I'm like, 
Sorry. And, and look, one of the things that I recommend for you guys, I talk about this a lot in the relationship fix in, in chapter one about communication is create a culture of appreciation in your relationship. Really, like a lot of the time couples don't thank each other for the things they take for granted. Oh my God, thank you so much for taking out the, the trash. We do we're that. Actually, we're, we're so good, good with that. that. Yeah. yeah. And I, I love yeah. that you put that in your book too, because I, I, I agree with you that I think a lot of, you know, just a lot of friends of mine too, they forget to thank their spouses for the, the little yeah. things that are so, that are important. But, you know? I, and they, but I'm hearing that he doesn't feel fully recognized for the things that he's doing, the efforts that he's making. So I would recommend upping your gratitude. It's two, it's, it's two things. It's one, I'll feel that because yes, maybe because the fact that she is, is feeling a certain way or complaining about something I didn't do, then it makes me feel that way. But also the other half of it is me, because we actually just talked about this with someone the other day, like a week ago is we'll thank each other for the small tests. Hey, thanks for emptying the dishwasher. Thanks for doing this. Those are mindless things that you just do as an adult anyway. And, but we won't accept that from one another. Like if, if Jana says, Hey, thanks for emptying the dishwasher. I'm like, yeah, like you don't have to thank me. Just say, thank you. I know, but don't, that's don't, on, don't, we, but, we but, both do but that. But my though. impression is that, well, first of all, both of you need to say, you're welcome. Yeah. yeah. You're welcome. It's or, hard for us for whatever for reason. Thanks for recognizing that. I know. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate that. But it sounds like you get recognized for the dishwasher, but maybe a little bit less for your emotional reaches. I don't know. I feel like I, I mean, if you, if, if that's true, then I, then I apologize. Cause I feel like I do a pretty good job of, you know, saying, thank you for working on yourself. Thank you for, you know, showing up today. No, thank you, do, you for, you do a great job. So she does, that's the thing. She does validate my, the times that I am connected or intimate or whatever. It's just any time I have such a, an issue again, that goes back since I was a child of not feeling good enough mm-hmm. that I have such an ingrained issue with that where if I hear one thing about if I get triggered in my trauma and I she say gets something, triggered then... and she's like, you know, why don't you want to be intimate or, or, or she's not feeling a certain way? Then I'm like, okay, so everything I've been doing isn't good enough. But he goes that's to, he goes to but, everything. But I'm the, like, that's not yeah. what I'm saying, Michael. I'm just yeah. saying, can you just hear me in this one moment right now where I'm just saying, I just in this moment, I don't feel chosen. And, and that's my and, stuff. But I'm just saying and in that moment, what do you do to help her feel safe? and comfortable and loved in the relationship. Let's say you're not in the mood for sex. Mm-hmm. That's okay. But what do you do? Or do you just get defensive and go like, but I do all these other things. I, and, and I, I used to be yeah. straight to defensive. Okay. Now Which would b- blow, would blow us up. But now I'm able, we're both able to more times than not be understanding and be like, I'm really sorry you don't feel chosen. Just let you know, like, I do love you. I do choose Good. you. And now I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm just not maybe in that particular mood, but you know, that's cool. Can we do something else? Can we just lay together or whatever? And yeah. that's something that I still need to get better at. Yeah. Um, Let me spoon you for two hours. It's because he does. <laughs> yeah. But, but unfortunately it's he, you go straight to the, you do that a lot where you go straight to the everything. It's not, it's not everything. It's you, you get to that point. Yeah. Fast. And then I still have the, the internal fear of, okay, say I say no. And I, I do those things. I validate her feelings and I say, Hey, let's just cut on the couch. Then in the back of my mind, that's, I'll start thinking like, this is still not enough. Because she wanted this. But it would be enough for me. That's the thing. So do I have to and, then. And, and it. let's just say it wasn't. Let's just say you're like, hey, I'm not in the mood for a second. Let, let me, let, let's spoon. Let's go lay on the couch together. Right. Let me hold you. Let me kiss you. I want I want you to know I love you. And I want you to feel loved even though I'm, I'm not in the mood. Mm-hmm. And you spoon her and you have a connected time and it's still not enough. That's okay. 
we don't necessarily always meet every single need perfectly of right. our partner, but you're still you're filling her love tank, even if it's not 100% full. Let's say you're filling it halfway. That's pretty good. That counts for something. It's not right. all or nothing. You know, as 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 an athlete, you tend to think in black and white terms. Either you win or you lose. Yeah. Like, yeah. but it, it's sure. not that way in relationships. There are a lot of shades of gray, and filling the tank is a positive. Don't underestimate it. It adds. Up. I like that. I think that's cool because I think all or nothing. I mean, what's what's perfect? You know, what's not every night's going to be a candle right. night of us. You know having the most intimate sometimes it might just be holding a hand might just be enough but at least you're showing up in that way for that day and like we talked about on a previous episode is say i said that say she wants to have sex right and i say hey i'm just not really in the mood right now like let's just cuddle or let's just lay on the couch together or lay in bed together i will if she's super accepting of that and says okay i understand like all good let's just do that in 15 minutes, I'll probably want to have sex. Yeah, well, because also, also what happens is it takes the pressure off. Yep. And I think that part of what you're looking for. I'm so effed up. But, part of, what, but, but part of what you're, the reparative experience you're looking for in your relationship is, I can say no to quote unquote authority because you project onto her. She becomes the authority because we project right. our parents onto our partners. That's oh, just no kind question. of what we do. So what you're craving is for the authority to say it's okay you you don't have to do what i say i still love you anyway i still accept you i still want to be with you this is safe this relationship is safe we're good and i think that when you feel that from her when she doesn't get reactive and doesn't go like, what do you mean you don't want to have sex with me? I, now I'm not, the, I'm not the chosen one, and you pick someone else, and then you walk down that historic, painful lane. Then you go up. Oh, I have to do, I have to do what authority says. Oh, this sucks. Like I'm back in my childhood. But if she's able to go, yeah, I totally get it. You're not always in the mood. That's cool. Hey, l- like let's let's cuddle up together. And you're able to go. I feel so lucky that I have such a sexy, beautiful wife. I want you to know, I choose you. Let's just spoon. Like, I, I want you to know that you are loved and let's connect. I'm just kind of not in a sex mood. You will both, her anxiety goes down. You feel like you don't have to do what you're told, which frees you up to actually maybe even want to do what's been requested of you in a genuine, authentic way. And everyone. See, I hear good. that. She, but then she struck, that struck a chord, though, with me. Just her saying, like, you know. Just feeling still supported, supported and loved, just or whatever, just because I don't agree with something or I don't follow what mm-hmm. I feel like I'm being told. Yeah, just go. I mean, it takes me. That's back. an important part of his healing. It well, made, it made me feel like up. I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is really big for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so she, because I'm trying to put myself in her position too. So let's say she kind of is being flirty and wants to be intimate with Mike, and she's leading him there. Mm-hmm. Will it land okay on her when he says, hey, I'm not in the mood right now. Let's just cuddle on the couch. Could she interpret it as, oh, he doesn't want me. He doesn't yeah. think I'm hot. I well, but, worry but about her, that. Her, not that it's yeah. true. Yeah. But her job, like I said before, is to embrace rejection, to go bring it on. I can handle it. I I am strong. I am powerful. I know I'm amazing whether he wants to have sex with me in this moment or not. Like, that's her work. Yeah, And that's also the work that will free her to say, 
that's cool, baby. Like, maybe we can find another way to connect. And it also, that's what will free him up to to make a choice based not on rebelling against his childhood, but based on what he actually ultimately wants, because he doesn't know what he wants. So I hear that. I also want to say I, I'm afraid now that I might play mind games with, I'll, I'll say, all right, good night, you know, in hopes that he'll then want to sleep with me or, or. But if you're doing that, then you're not doing what I'm recommending. Right. Then that, and, and that's not what's going to heal this. Right. No, you still I have expectations. Yeah. Right. No, I know. But, but, that's, but also it's, it's about, but like, that's I, about manipulating. Yeah. That's about game playing. I'm like, I'm going to say yeah. no. So he'll say yes. You're, you're still then yeah. playing with the authority thing. Yeah. In his history, and he's going to sense it unconsciously. So, just Jen, like you're in tune with him, he's in tune with you. Yeah, Jen, man, you're amazing, and I want our listeners to also get um, your help. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, um, for everyone listening right now, if you like, seriously, nothing is off limits. Whether it's sex, family, anything relationship wise, or you know, literally anything, um, Jen, man is the best therapist. So please. Uh, email us at windown at iheartradio.com. Remember, wine is W-H-I-N-E. So windown at iheartradio.com and give us your phone number and we will call you on air and Jen Mann will talk to you and help answer your questions. We have one. We have an email from um, from Cassie. Can we read an email? Absolutely. Okay, cool. Uh, it's called Climbing the Hill. I'm listening to your podcast at the beginning and where you offer to talk about sex. Is there a topic about not being able to climb the hill? I am very happily married to my husband of seven months and we've been together for almost four years. Sex is absolutely great, but I've never been able to get the far. She can't, you know what? Yes. She, she's she's, 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 she's not getting to fruition yeah. is what she's saying. She's not getting yeah. The yeah. Big shebang. Yeah. Go yeah. by a vibrator. <laughs> They're great. But it also sounds like she wants to have the experience with with her partner, right? Mm-hmm. And and so he, here here is my recommendation: a few recommendations for mm-hmm. her. One is, I'm assuming since it's, she's not saying that's an issue, that she's able to get there by herself. Mm-hmm. So one thing I recommend is have her husband watch how she gets herself there herself, because watching that technique and and you know sometimes a lot a lot of the time. I have people, and I wrote a whole column all about this. A lot of the time, women feel uncomfortable, mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, somehow men are kind of brought up going like, oh, yeah, we do that, whereas women tend to have more shame around this. Mm-hmm. This is not just about him watching you and like, ooh, are you sexy when you do this or not? This is about him actually learning where on your body, which side of you, which which angle, what, are you sitting up? Are you rubbing against something? Like, what is it that you're doing to get there? And then looking at how can we recreate this, whether it's a different position when you're having intercourse or whether it is bringing in a little vibrator or whether it is him doing stuff to her beforehand and then at the last minute going there. Mm-hmm. So it, there are a lot of different ways to get there, but one of the most Studying important the things, map. yeah, he needs to, exactly, he needs to study the map so that he can help her to get there. <laughs> and that's an important part of, of sex right. because it's, we make a lot of assumptions about how we're supposed to get there. But the truth is that we have to know our partner's body and everyone is different. And I think women in particular are incredibly complex in what gets us there. 
Dr. Jen Mann, Dr. Jen Mann has the relationship fix. It's Dr. Jen's six step guide to improving communication, connection, and intimacy. You can get this book anywhere, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. And then again, email your questions to wind down at iHeartRadio.com. Any sex questions and send us your number if you want us to call you on air. And Dr. Jen, you'll be back, right? I would love to help to. answer those be questions. My pleasure. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. My pleasure. Bye. Thanks. You know, we're moving we're moving into the new house, Mark, right? This yes. summer. And we have so many boxes back in Nashville and storage still. We have so many pictures and boxes here in LA. And it's like we're trying to it's like spring cleaning anytime you move anywhere, right? So yes. we're trying to consolidate things. So do you have any advice on what to do with all this stuff? It's like we're kind of pack rats with the nostalgia things, but we don't want to get rid of it. I had such a great moment last Sunday when I was taking out the garbage because Monday is garbage day in Newberry Park. And in that garbage that I took out to the street were a half a dozen VHS cassettes. Stop. And I was so happy to get rid of those VHS cassettes because they've been in a cardboard box in the garage literally for my entire adult life. My high school graduation. Wow. <laughs> my high school chorus concerts. Yes. We've got it all. Of course, yes. Ooh. My high school, dr- I was a drummer too, so the band concerts. Uh, what else was in there? A play I did in high school. Um, oh, my, the show I did at Disneyland, the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire show. There were some of those shows in there. I was the host of the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire show at Disney's oh. California what? Adventure. Yeah, that's right. Wow. Anyway, so I sent those to Legacy Box. They sent me back two things. Uh, discs galore and thumb drive. Plug thumb drive in. There's everything. everything. All of my tapes of varying quality. By the way, not Legacy Box's fault. These are 30-year-old VHS yeah. tapes. The quality varied, and right. I get it. Oh, my wife's, um, she was Junior Miss. Oh, so, junior you, okay, miss so you had someone else's other than just your yes, stuff. Yes, my wife's Junior okay. Miss pageant. Mark's like, none of my kids are wife's things. This is Mark's box, baby. I want all my stuff saved. And now I have it all. And also, and this is not something they advertise, but I think this is cool. Each one isn't 40 gigs. You know, they're actually compressed in a way that it doesn't take up a huge amount of space on your computer, wow. but they're perfectly clear and perfectly enjoyable. And it's so fun to see my high school graduation, which I actually didn't know was on that tape. Oh, what a win. It's I never thought I'd see that again. And there it was. It was really cool. So I am a strong proponent of Legacy Box. You guys got to jump on Legacy Box because Mark is all about it. Go get your, your old highlight tapes and <laughs> concerts and all that stuff. Don't worry about everyone else's. Just get your stuff saved like Mark. <laughs> it's going to be okay. And audio cassettes. Old radio and, and tapes I made with a friend when I was a kid. Oh, there you go. Wow. Yeah. Wow. All done. Oh, you got to wow. get all this stuff. You going to put this on Legacy Box too? I guess you have all these on digital now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Nowadays, it's changed. <laughs> Legacy Box is the world's largest, most trusted digitizer of home movies and photos. Over 450,000 families have trusted Legacy Box, like Mark's. Mm-hmm. There's over a decade of experience, and all the work is done by hand right here in the U.S. And plus, for a limited time, they're offering our listeners an exclusive discount. Go to LegacyBox.com slash Jana to get 40% off your first order. Go to LegacyBox.com slash Jana and save 40% today. Get started preserving your past. You've got some good emails. Actually, right? I have some really good emails. I have so many good emails, it's hard for me to pick just one Ooh. or two, maybe three. Um, okay, let me start with this one. Okay. My husband and I fell into a routine of work and then playing video games for stress release. One night I told him, I would like to have sex in an hour. And he said, okay. It's interesting. I showered. In one hour. I shaved my legs. I got all pretty. 
I put on lingerie. I lit candles in the room, came out to the living room and stood in front of him. He fell asleep. He lightly nudged me out of the way and told me to get out of his way so he could finish his game. <gasps> I was no. so hurt by this, I broke down in tears. I took his Xbox and I threw it off the balcony. Mm-hmm. For you. Can he have a full-blown <laughs> addiction to Xbox? How do I address this and how do I compete with his Xbox? I think you have addressed this. 150%. I smashed it with a hammer, so that was did what I did. really? That was her yeah. weapon of choice. 150% there is an addiction. When I... When Jolie was napping, I took a, I took his Xbox, his PlayStation. Mind you, my band guys were so mad at me. Why did you do that? Why didn't you just give it to us? I was like, because <laughs> I had to take out my aggression. Took a hammer and just went to town. I love that. Um, and then uh, then I, then I got monkey up from her nap. <laughs> also, what's more upsetting is she shaved her legs for this. So yeah, Dina Carter. Um, Michael, do you think there's an addiction to it? I'm just curious. I'm like you're. Because I, I think they're definitely... Well, what prompted you to do that? Was it uh, you just... He was so obsessed with it? He played no, it all the time. It was... Well, yeah. It was uh, around the discovery of everything. Oh, okay. He, and, yeah. And so it, there's there's more to it than just me playing it. And I, you know... But it was fun. But it was, it was one like of those things. Zone. Sorry, I'm eating Tanya Starbucks. They're really, really good. <laughs> they are really good. Um, yeah, I mean, I think guys can... Addiction... A hundred percent. I think so too. I, there's a reason we don't have video like games in my house. Mm-hmm. I'm looking it up right now, but I I know for think a fact. That you know, my sister has done things game. with my nephews where like they've done because she's like very into all this, and she's like, no, we like took it out of the house for like three weeks, no phones, no nothing, and she's like, they literally went through withdrawals. Video I, gaming addiction yeah, I therapy. Young I, adult I know treatment. I would ignore my wife and kids if I had a video mm-hmm. game, and I can't have it. I just can't. I know me. I know I have an addictive personality. I can't do yeah. it. Um, feelings of restlessness and or ability when you're unable to play. So for some reason, someone, you know, what if you didn't have your iPad? Like, I can't sleep. I have to like play my iPad or look at my iPad. I'll be fine. Well, I'm just, okay. But you know, I mean, I can admit if I didn't on my phone, if like it got for two weeks, I would have this. 100%. Yeah. She was like, my nephew started crying. She was like, he literally like was not okay. Preoccupation with thoughts of previous online activity or anticipation of the next online session with your buddies. Lying to friends so or family fun. members regarding the amount of time spent playing. It's an addiction. This sounds like me watching Broadway. How did you react when she did this? Were you kind of like, she needs to do what she needs to do? Oh, uh, I mean, I did well, it when he was gone. I was gone. He, this I is, see. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, I was away. This is exciting. You came home to, no, home not to like find that. A, a bag of, <laughs> of Xbox parts? No, like, yeah, no, I, I mean, was... I kind of anticipated. I didn't say anything about it. And it's been one of those things where by the way this is sounding like i just randomly took your xbox no like i said it was after it was after discovery and everything i mean you were in treatment yes yeah so that's oh oh i see yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. so that's where i was very upset so that's yeah yeah so there's more to it for us but it's one of those things where you know even my buddies who i have a bunch of buddies that still play some have young kids most don't that are still able to play so it's like you know, do you ever want to get back on? I'm like, yeah, because it's fun with my buddies, especially because all my buddies are back east. But it doesn't even matter. Even if I had it, I don't have time. Mm-hmm. So it's, and like you said, like it would be a distraction where it's like you try to make time so I can mm-hmm. see where the uh, people can get addicted. Mm-hmm. But I, I just don't have time. So what was your game? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay. Every, everything. I would play everything. Let's open the you name it. I think for our kids, though, I mean, you know, because I've seen our kids, you know, our, our girlfriend. Right. Well, I mean, all of them, the boys, they play video games. And I don't know, 
I'm not saying I'm not going to have it in the house because mm-hmm. I think that's naive of me to say that because I think it's a good distraction. It's just like putting the TV on for them. Mm-hmm. But I think there has to be a time limit. Yeah. There has oh, to be they're, they're, like anything. Rules Especially and boundaries nowadays with the way it's consuming people. But I, I was watching something uh, that I thought was interesting. It was it's called like Seven Days Out. It's like a series on Netflix <gasps> that talks about like the Westminster Dog Show, like going into that, uh, the opening of the world's number one restaurant in New York. And one, was, um, one of them was this gaming tournament or whatever. And Rick Fox, the old LA Laker, mm-hmm. he owns uh, one of the teams that plays in this League of Legends like gaming tournament. And his son, like when he was raising his son, like he tried him in all the sports. Like you know, it's like he's, you know he played professional basketball, like put his son in basketball, football, this or whatever, just to get him to get, do something. But when it came down to it, video games is what he really enjoyed. His son, and he was like, well, I can't force him to do anything. I, he tried everything. And this is what he enjoys. So instead of making his son do something, he conformed to his son. It's like, you know what? This is how we spend time. This is yeah. how I teach him lessons or this is whatever. So it's still something I appreciate that, especially coming from a professional athlete who everyone has that stigma of like, they're going to want their sibling, their mm-hmm. sons or whatever to make sure they play and this and that. He was just like, no, this is what my son's into. You know what? I'm going to get into that too. So now he plays with his son. He owns a you know professional gaming team and stuff. So not saying I would do that or people should do that, but I just thought it was interesting mindset to have as opposed to just making your son do something. Have we talked about whether your son would be able to play football if he wants to play football like daddy? I will not. I, I, the, I fault to him, whatever he Yeah, does. I have the, the stance of I'm not going to make him or encourage, but I'm not going to stop him. But mm-hmm. what age, though? Because they say that if you if too soon is, too, is dangerous. Yeah, and- fortunately nowadays... Like we were talking about this recently, like back when I played, you were wearing full pads at like seven years old, mm. eight years old. Nowadays, they don't. A lot of places don't have that where it is flag football until a certain age. I wouldn't let him play tackle football. I was twelve when I started, and that was even back, you know, in the in the nineties, and my parents didn't let me play until I was twelve. So I would probably have a similar rule: no tackle football until twelve years old, mm-hmm. sixth, seventh grade, and then go from there. Okay. By the way, I feel like we got kind of off base, and I just want to say I'm sorry to the reader, or sorry to the listener who wrote that email, because that's that must have really sucked to have done all that, gone through that, yes. and had been turned down like that. So yeah, that's... You have every right to be have mad. been upset. Definitely. Every right. Yeah, and hopefully you guys can just set some Everything good boundaries moderation. around. But I, I do believe in the addiction of, of games, for sure. Right, that's an issue. Yeah. But he needs to realize he has an issue with mm-hmm. it. Yeah. It's, and, especially, yeah. it's not like she just randomly came up to him and tried to surprise him, where if you d- try to interrupt someone while they're doing something they enjoy, I can see why maybe you'd maybe dismiss them and don't want to be interrupted. But she said, I want to have sex in an hour. He was like, okay. And he was like, cool. And then he was still dismissed. That's yeah. not cool. Yeah, that sucks. Mm. I hate that. Bad play on your part, dude. This is Caitlin, uh, who has kind of a, a reverse situation of yours. Caitlin says, I had a nine-month-long affair mm-hmm. with a woman. Oh. Interesting. And it's been almost an entire year of my husband and I working on our marriage. I love my husband more than he'll ever know, and those nine months were a very dark time for me. Mm-hmm. During the last year, I've been doing anything and everything I can think of to prove to my husband I love him and want to be with only him. Overall, I think he's doing very well, but there are still times when he's sad for no reason and almost anything can trigger him. So my question is... What do you guys do in those moments? Mike, how do you handle Jana and support her during those times? And Jana, what does Mike do for you that actually works and helps you get through it and see that he's genuine? Because she wants to be seen as genuine to her husband. Well, I appreciate you putting the work in. I think that's awesome. And I think, unfortunately, she said it was nine months ago. 
Oh, it was no, a nine-month affair. Nine-month affair. It's been how long? Um, a year? It's been almost a year, yeah. Almost a year. It's just, it's time. I mean, time and consistency. So for me, how I know Mike loves me is because he's showing up and he's being consistent with his actions. And when he's consistent with his actions and consistent in what he does and what he says and how he treats me and that things kind of equal out, then it makes me feel chosen. It makes me feel like he's doing the right thing. Yeah. And I mean, we are, we're coming up on three years post. And I have a hard time with that though. Cause I, for us, it's, I really just see it the past year. Correct. But, but just for this argument sense, Mm-hmm. sake of where she's at mm-hmm. it's been almost a year and think about where we were a year out it's like they, it was i mean we still had a lot of work to do yeah i guess i, I still had a lot of work to do myself so you know it's just been in the last year yeah no, 10 almost, 10 months ten, 12 months i mean year basically yeah that, that it's basically been yeah year almost a year um that we've really you no know, hand- since jace what however so however long that's been almost a year yeah that's what i'm saying yeah. oh yeah, yeah. sorry oh, sorry yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. almost a year <laughs> sorry <laughs> um so it's still it, like Janice said it's just going to take consistent consistency over time that's it there's no quick fix unfortunately there's, caitlin no no and for her she's got to try to grieve with him and that's the thing when Jana would be able to see my pain that it hurt me too what the things that happened I even said that to you last night. I brought up to him. Yeah. I said, what might help me sometimes because we are getting so far away from it is, and he's like, you know, if you think about it every so often, I'm like, I know I think about it every day. And I just mm-hmm. don't tell you every day that I think yeah. about it. I don't think about it as many times as I used to think about but it. It's, and but to I the severity think, of yeah, that to the severity. To. But I think about it. At least comes in my brain at least once a day. Mm-hmm. And it's my, it's my growth to be able to let it go in and let it go out right. and not let me go down the rabbit hole. But what I said, what might help me, I go, you know, what would help me is I didn't know. I don't know that you have those days too. It would be nice to know that you have days of shame or days of, and then I can, we can be, we can, what's that word? Like, like we can just grieve together. We can grieve together. Yeah. And she may That's think helpful. in this email, she may think that if she brings that, she, she may be feeling that stuff, but not bring it up because, and this is how I would feel. I wouldn't bring it up because I wouldn't want to trigger it and right. bring it to Jan's intention when really she's thinking about it all the time, right. especially well, at that point. So okay. bring there's, it to him and, and share with him how you're feeling about it. And that might soften him be like, oh, wow, you do really care. There's probably a whole nother aspect for him, too, because it was with a woman. So maybe for him, he's like, yeah, that'd be tough. He, yeah. he, he's probably very confused. 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 Yeah. And there's probably a lot going on in there. I mean, I would totally. I, wouldn't you be confused if Ty I wasn't mean, the guy? I would be. And then came back. Yeah, I mean, like, then wanted you... to, I would just, I'm sh- I would, I feel like she needs to be really understanding of like what, like how is can, going on in his life. Yeah. Do you think that's more hurtful? Is it fair to say one's more hurtful than the other? I don't think it's fair to say one's more hurtful than the other. I really don't. I don't think it's more, I don't think it's fair to say, well, you didn't love any of the people you're with or they, she didn't love this person. It was just a quick fix. It's, I don't think any of those, there's no amount of pain. Well, I think that also it, it's nine months. I mean, it wasn't a, a one night stand. Right. Was, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that too. Would, is, I think that's just hard. That in whole. the extra layer of, say, you stu- do start to earn trust back, but it's like you're not just worried about a man or the a, one sex. Yeah. You're worried about that's hard. her yeah. making a new girlfriend. You can it's like, oh, you're hanging back. out with this female more, and you guys are just friends. But yeah. she, can the, she can earn the trust back, but does she? He'd, it always been back in my mind. Does she really even want to be with me? Yeah, right. that's where I would or go. Or men in general? It's interesting. Yeah, that's yeah. tough. 
Uh, I'd like to end on a light, lighter okay. uh, email. Uh, this is from Brittany, and this is hilarious. Six years ago, I fell off a bar stool and broke my collarbone <laughs> and was prescribed pain medication that oh, made me no. the most emotional and crazy human I've ever been. I guess one night I tweeted, Janet Kramer sucks live. Oh, thank you. I remember... <laughs> I remember the next day looking at my phone and seeing that Jana tweeted me back and a lot of her fans did. And when I first saw it, I had no idea what was going on. I don't remember tweeting that at all, but apparently I did. I would like to apologize to Jana for tweeting her six years ago that she sucks live. I'm so sorry. Um, First of all, don't be sorry. What's her name? Does it have her name on there? Brittany is all I have. Brittany. We've all been there. Brett, look, first of all, love you. I'm I'm glad that I retweeted you. I'm sorry if anyone were mean to you, but- I probably did. I mean, I'm not the greatest live, so you know, stop it. I do kind of suck live. Challenge, challenge. Yeah. I've always said, and this is completely unbiased. Don't you steal my service? Sorry, I'm coming in again. <laughs> coming in hot. I think you're one of the best live performers I've seen. <gasps> Period. Wow. Hands down over every all the you know shows I've been to with you. I think you Boys are hands men. down one of the best. Where even some of your songs you perform live, I like that version better than the album cut. Thanks, babe. Like, I, I completely. He's I'm, your husband. He could be biased. Let's I'm check not, with somebody I'm not, else. I'm 100. percent Check with somebody who's not your husband. How about Easton? She's amazing. Easton. Incredible. Incredible. Best performer I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> she brings the energy every single every time. time. Woo. 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 Well, I. That is funny. Thanks, You're but no. so good, live. Brit, Brit. It's all good, girl. It's you <laughs> know we all we all do things. We all have the ambient tweets, right? It's all good. Her. Oh. No, oh, I thought it was, she was drunk. She was, but it's, you know. Oh, but she was mixing. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> that's really well, funny. That's funny. Really funny. On that note, a huge thank you to OpenFit. You will get full access oh. to OpenFit totally free when you text Jana to 303030. ZipRecruiter. Try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive website. ZipRecruiter.com slash Jana. Visit Noom.com slash Jana to start your trial today. And last but not least, our favorite, Legacy Box. Go to LegacyBox.com slash Jana to get 40% off your first order. I'm just going to stop talking because apparently I suck live. No. So. <laughs> no, you sang Under the Sea last night. It sounded really oh, good. <laughs> All right. Let's wind down again next week, guys. Fanny. Fanny. <laughs> you, you suck. suck. That was fun. Looking our best means taking time for renewal, including skin renewal. But anti-aging retinol can be harsh and irritating. Well, Burt's Bees, my faves, have found nature's gentle yet powerful retinol alternative, Bacuchiol, and has made it the key ingredient in their Burt's Bees Renewal Skincare line, which includes a firming moisturizing cream, refining cleanser, and more, all formulated without parabens, phthalates, SLS, and petrolatum. Go to burtsbees.com slash renewal and take time for renewal today. Hi, this is Newt Gingrich. Inviting you to listen to my free weekly podcast called Newt's World. Every Sunday, we will explore topics and issues that are relevant to your life. And as a historian, I will offer stories and context of how the past influences our present and future. Download Newt's World on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcast, Newt'sWorld.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.